is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it's Wednesday, and it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on this Wednesday. We're absolutely loaded today. Loaded. Winners and losers. Week three, for sure, four. We can make picks. All of that good stuff. Evan, we're loaded today. Actually, I had to cut Is He Worth It because we have so much to do. Oh, we cut Is He Worth It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cut. I had to cut Is He Worth It from today's show. Just because we have, we have a, well, we have a lot, we have a lot to cover. This is essentially a Friday show. This is essentially a Friday. We're going to be off Thursday and Friday. We will not be here. I will not be here. Uh, so we're getting all this stuff in today, all of it. Uh, so let me start with this. We always look for longevity in sports. In baseball, you want a decade's worth of great baseball from your prospects. Uh, in basketball, your first-round draft pick needs to give you seven, eight years of really productive play. In football, your quarterback is supposed to sustain your franchise for the next decade or so. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be a star in this league for 20 years. right? Watson, uh, Watson will be good for a long time if he stays healthy. Same with Wentz and Goff and Dak and, and guys like that. Mitch Trubisky, I think, is such an interesting case because we don't know how long he's going to give us. I read an article yesterday from a writer named Brad Gagnon of Bleacher Report, and I thought it was very interesting. He wrote an article that headlined, How Long Can the Bears, uh, How Long Can the Bears Defense Carry Mitchell Trubisky? And It went on to talk about how Mitch isn't a great passer and how Matt Nagy doesn't trust him and and, and all of that stuff. What if I told you that you didn't need to get longevity out of Mitch Trubisky? What if I told you that? You didn't need to have him for a decade. The way I see it, and this is going to sound crazy, because this goes against everything that has ever been said about quarterbacks in the NFL. The way that I see it, there are seven quarterbacks, me and our good friend Joe Spano, who I'm going to see later today, uh, broke down a list. And we said, you know, there are legitimately seven quarterbacks in this year's draft that could go in the first round. And then after that, there's a bunch of guys that are going to get drafted later. Okay, Tua, Herbert, from uh, Jacob Eason, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, and Jalen Hurts. We saw all of those guys could very easily go in the first round of this year's draft. And there's definitely two more coming out next year, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So I've said before that the amount of young talent, uh, young talent and the amount of young and talented quarterbacks that are coming into the NFL is absurd. It's crazy how good these guys are at so young and how many of them are there. There isn't enough room for these guys to play in the NFL. 
We made that point a week or two, uh, a week or two ago where you've got this massive influx of young, great quarterbacks that don't have enough room to play. Too many teams have quarterbacks already that are established in this league. There's too many good ones. You know, I, the older quarterbacks in this league are going to die out quicker. Instead of moving off your quarterback when he's 37, 38 years old, move off him when he's 33 after his second contract or so. The trend is going up for skilled young quarterbacks. It is not going down. It is not staying the same. It is inflating. It is, it's getting bigger. These younger guys are coming into the NFL faster and better than they have in previous years. So the way I see it, it doesn't matter how long the Bears' defense has to carry Mitch Trubisky. It doesn't matter. I think Mitch will be fine. In my personal opinion, I think Mitch is going to be fine. But if the Bears do decide to move off him, they'll be okay. The talent will be there. Instead of having uncertainty like Tampa or like Tennessee, where they held on to their quarterback for five years, they gave him their chances, they still have a struggling offense and all that. Instead of having the uncertainty like Tampa Bay and Tennessee do with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, you have a much shorter leash. Mitch doesn't need to last you 10 years. He can give you five or six good years as a quarterback, and then you can move off him and not think twice. I know it sounds crazy, but this mass influx of incredible quarterback talent will keep you safe in the quarterback realm, okay? It gives you more flexibility with what you do with your quarterback. If you see this mass influx of young talent, and like I said, think of all the guys. There are nine guys that are coming out in the next two seasons, nine that are coming out in the next two years that could be first-round caliber quarterbacks. I'll name them again. This year, it's Tua, Herbert, Fromm, Jordan Love, Joe Burrow, Jacob Eason, and Jalen Hurts. Okay? Those all, all seven of those guys could go in the first round this year. And then the two that are definitely going to go in the first round next year, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. You're looking at guys that are going to be talented players. And that doesn't count the guys like Bo Nix. That doesn't count guys like JT Daniels. Like uh, uh, any of these other quarterbacks that are skilled enough to make it in the NFL, you're not even counting those guys yet. You're not counting them. Because, first of all, we don't know what we're getting, obviously. But think about it. Nine quarterbacks in the next two years could be first-round talents. And I'm not telling you they're all going to work out. They're not all going to work out. I don't know which ones are and which ones aren't. But think about it. If Mitch, if you're a team like Chicago and you get five years out of Mitch and you get to the point where, well, you know what? Um, I think it would be smarter for us to re-sign our defensive players. It would be, it would be more valuable to us to keep Roquan Smith, to keep Akeem Hicks, 
to make sure we are able to retain Khalil Mack, to bring back Eddie Jackson, to bring back Kyle Fuller, to bring back all of these very, Leonard Floyd, all of these very valuable defensive players that make your defense as good as it is, and you decide, you know what, we're, we'll hang on to Tariq Cohen, we'll, we'll hang on to Allen Robinson and, and some of these other offensive pieces, we'll draft a couple offensive linemen, and we can move off Mitch. And listen, it's a very unorthodox way of thinking because I'm, I'm not telling you what you're taught. This is not what I think, okay? This is not what I have been taught to think when it comes to football. You need to get 10, 15 years out of your starting quarterback or else he isn't a franchise guy. With the mass influx of talent right now, I disagree. I think you can have a franchise quarterback for five years and then move off him because there's other guys that are waiting in the wings that are coming in through this through uh, through these systems. I guess you also don't want to, but I guess in that in that aspect, I guess you also don't want to say move off of move move off a quarterback, but then that quarterback that's coming out of the draft, <clears throat> say he does bust it all of a sudden, you're starting a quarterback carousel. Again, that's that biggest fear, like you start a quarterback carousel. Say that quarterback comes out of the draft and he busts, and all of a sudden you move off the guy that you had, and he's having success elsewhere. Hey, listen, I I know that there's that point too, but the only reason you would move off him is if. You think you can do better, right? If Mitch, after four years, is, I, I mean, you're winning games with him, but he's not giving you great years. And you win games with Mitch. That's fine. But if you want to improve the quarter, if the time comes to pay Mitch, where you got to pay him, but in order to pay him, you got to lose some guys, right? It's a salary cap league. If you, got, if you pay Mitch Trubisky, you're going to lose some guys. Now, I'm using Mitch as an example. I think Mitch is going to be fine, but if the Bears decide, okay, we got to pay Mitch, or we could pay our defensive guys and get a quarterback that at the very least could be Mitch again and then possibly be better than Mitch. That's what I'm saying is with this mass influx of young, talented quarterbacks, and I mean really talented I mean, you see some of these guys that are making NFL throws in college. It didn't used to be that way. These guys are making real throws is, in college. This is and the these are smart football players that are getting coached by really smart people. I mean, this is the best crop of quarterbacks I've seen in a while from college football. Not just guys that are coming out of the draft this year, but guys you're seeing for 2021 and so on. That's so what forth. I mean is I think the trend is moving upward. You're getting more of these guys. So the room will be there, but again, college for football, you to, college football is different than the NFL is a much different monster. Than sure, no, it, it absolutely is. And like I said, I, I, I'm not telling you that all of these guys are going to work out, and I'm not telling you that if you've got a potent offense, if you've got like if you drafted the next Andrew Luck, if you drafted the next Patrick Mahomes, then don't move off them all five years. I'm saying if you drafted Mitch Trubisky, or you drafted Cam Newton or you drafted Andy Dalton or something around that, those lines, then don't be afraid that in, okay, in five years, now the ability comes to us that we can actually move off our quarterback. I, I really do believe that that is going to become an option. Okay, so if the Bears wanted to move on from Mitch, and I, like I said, I think he's going to be fine, but if the Bears did come to a decision where they wanted to move off of Mitch Trubisky completely, they're just like, you know what? We're going to, instead of paying him, we're going to re-sign some of our, our other guys. We're going to keep our defense stout, 
and we're going to draft another kid, develop him, and at the very least, he is Mitch Trubisky again. Or, you know, in a better case scenario, he's better than Mitch, and you can just keep doing that. You know, instead of moving off, like I said, instead of moving off your quarterback when he's on the downturn at 38-39, you can move off your quarterback at 33-34 and start over. You know what I mean? If you've done enough winning in that in that in those ten years, you can move off your quarterback in thirty three uh, after uh, after two contracts, after his rookie year, and then his one big one. Uh-huh. You can move off your guy like that. Or if it's a guy like Mitch, you can move off your quarterback after his rookie contract, not pay him, and then get another guy that's just as good as him. That's again still on his rookie contract because you just drafted him. I, I think that ability is coming. How do def- now you got a strong defense? How do defensive players react to? Okay, wait, now we have to develop another quarterback. Like how, we have to develop another rookie quarterback like that. I'm sure they would feel that way. Teams like teams. I like, think I teams I disagree. With dominant, teams with the dominant defense could sometimes see like, oh boy, now we're because over if again. you're not getting over the hump, Evan, then the frustration has to go into the defense's head too. Okay, we've had this guy for five years, and we're really not getting over that hump. If they decided to move on, I feel like that would give an influx of hope, not disappointment. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people would, uh, they'd be like, oh, here we go again with another guy. Why do we got to develop another one? Well, because this guy probably, th- this guy's got a better chance at taking us to the next level than the guy we already had. And you're not going to have all the same guys. I mean, some guys are going to age out. You're going to draft new players. You're going to do all of this stuff. You're just, you're maintaining your franchise you're maintaining your identity for longer and i think that's you would then have the ability to do that you would have the ability to do that going forward because i think there's this massive influx of great young quarterbacks that we haven't seen in a while there's nine guys coming out of the draft the next two years and i can only imagine what comes after that so i'm interested to see i'm interested to see what they do uh, I don't know. Like I said, it, it isn't even really specifically the Bears. I'm interested to see what teams do at the quarterback position, and see. And I, I want to see how quickly they move off their guys, and I want to see if they find that the quarterback position has a little bit more flexibility than it has in previous years. I just never understand them. You you pointed out in the article that Mitch <clears throat> Mitch has got a strong defense. Well, he's. He, he's got this defense to carry him. I, I never understand why it's a bad thing when a quarterback has a great defense. Like, there's, no, there's so few great defenses right. in the NFL now. I right. mean, well, with Chicago, Green Bay. We've begged for years. Packers, please get Aaron Rodgers a great defense. They just, guess what? Now they finally they, they got. They have a great defense. They have defense. a great defense now. And when they won the Super Bowl, they got a turnover pro, a defense that got turnovers. Drew Brees hasn't had the best defenses in the world, but when they won the Super Bowl. He finally they got the, one, too. When they won the Super Bowl, they were they were a turnover d- defense that got turnovers. You know, Russell Wilson had had the Legion of Boom for his first several years. I don't understand why it's a bad thing when a quarterback has a the Ravens with Flacco and now Jackson had yeah. really good defenses. Right. Matt Ryan uh, is they're now finally developing a defense, but when they had early success, they had a decent defense. The Patriots, of course, they had Tom Brady's early years. They had tremendous defenses. Right. And we look at the Chiefs now. The Chiefs may be the prime example of. Get me a good defense because they could go to the AFC title game this year and get held back and not go to Super Bowl or yeah. even get one and done because their defense is terrible. Yep, yeah, you're, you're I, right. I never understand the burden of a quarter of a de- of a good quarterback, great quarterback, whatever. Will they have a great defense? So, 
That's, that's, a, great, saying, that's that, a great thing. Listen, that's what I was saying Dak yesterday. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys with Romo and Dak. They, they got pretty, they've had pretty good defenses now with Romo and Dak Prescott. That's a good, that's a, isn't that a good thing that these two quarterbacks have a good defense around them to help them out? You know? Because, uh, if these, because if these two don't have great defenses and they give a team a leader late in the game and they blow it, oh, your team loses. So they, these te- every team needs a good defense because when a quarterback has success and they don't win the Super Bowl or don't have success because their defense is terrible, what's the first thing we say? Well, the de- they ha- he hasn't have a defense. Right. You know? Yeah. I never understand. I'll never understand. And I know the Bears defense. Is uh, like the, I've said, I, best, I think that there's a there's a thing that just doesn't make sense about like find me the quarterback that doesn't have help that succeeds. They don't exist. They, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They all have a co- they all have good coaches. They all have weapons on offense. They all have a defense that can keep on keep them on the field. It's I, I, I don't know. I, mean, LSU, I think it's a little crazy. LSU is a good example on the opposite side of that. LSU, they had a great defense for years, but what was the one thing we kept saying? Well, they don't have a quarterback. Now they got one in Joe Burrow, and now LSU is a legit national championship contender. They're a they're legit not, contender, they're, yeah. They're legit. They, they, they don't have just a good defense. They have a, they have a quarterback with an offense that can score points, and now they have a shot to make the playoffs and become a national championship contender, be right. a top four, top five team in, in uh, college football. All right. Uh, coming up next – I'll give you winners and losers a week. Three. I got five of each. That's coming up next. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, here on a Wednesday. We're off tomorrow and Friday. Uh, it's honestly, I'm excited. I'm going away. Going to Cooperstown. I'm going to go see the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm going to go see the Oma Gang Brewery, which is apparently the best brewery to visit New York. Uh, staying at the Otisaga Resort Hotel, which is the which best are, hotel out a, there. Which is a castle. It is a. Looks like a castle. It is a palace. Um, it's got a golf course. You're going golfing? No, 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 no. No, it's on a golf course, but. I always find that scenery really pretty. I love golf courses. Like I love playing golf, and I'm pretty. I'm. I feel like I'm relatively decent at it. Um, I mean, I'm decent for a guy that sucks. You know what I mean? Like nobody is good unless you're a professional golfer. You suck at golf. Like you, you suck at golf. <laughs> Seriously, I, I probably shoot in the hundreds, but. It's like bowling. I think it's, it's like it's, bowling. If you're professional, unless you're a professional bowler, unless you're a professional bowler, you're terrible at bowling. Yeah. I w- well, actually, you know what? I wouldn't say that. I've, I've met some really good bowlers in my life. Mm-hmm. Really good. And I mean really good. Like, I've had people... Sh- I've, I've, I've played... I've bowled with people that have bowled 300s. Guys, guys who compete in leagues. Those are guys, but again, those guys who compete in, like, leagues and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those guys are real good. Um, all right, so we got winners and losers for week three. Uh, here we go. Headed off to the Revolutionary War. Um, our first winner is a guy that looked revolutionary at the quarterback position. He really didn't. He didn't look revolutionary, but he did look really good. Daniel Jones is a big winner. Danny Dimes is coming. Danny Dimes is Danny coming. Dimes. Uh, look, I think right now he looks real good. He looks real good. 65% completion percentage, two touchdowns, no picks, 353 yards uh, so far through his first start and then when he came again uh came in against dallas 
So I, I right now I think he's off to a really nice start uh, to his career. I love the mental toughness of the kid. I love the fact that he was able to shake off his shoulder the hatred of uh, of guys that were in New York, uh, New York Giant fans that booed him at Yankee Stadium. They booed him during the draft. He was able to complete 85% of his passes in the preseason. He comes out and does this in his first start against Tampa Bay on the road. Uh, absolutely a winning performance by Daniel Jones. Uh, without question, he's a winner. Uh, a loser. Here we go. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a big loss for them. I think that I don't even think that they were expected to win this game, but you're one and two in the first two weeks, and Baker Mayfield is completing 57% of his passes this year with those wide receivers. I, I, I'm a little concerned. Like I said, the accuracy hasn't been there. The poise hasn't been there. He escapes the pocket, rolls right, and then rolls back because he can't cut the corner. It's a very, very unhealthy system going on for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens, I think, is still trying to get into the play-calling rhythm. And uh, like I said, they're, now they're out David Njoku for what could be the season. I, it's going to be a tough season for the Browns. I really do. Uh, they are looking less and less like a playoff team. He's out more than a month, Njoku, they said. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really think that they're going to struggle going forward. Like, But also, the beginning of their schedule is very, very hard. And then the last few weeks of the season, their schedule is a cakewalk, and they should walk through it. Um, so Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns are my first loser. My second winner, the New Orleans Saints. You're back in the conversation. You went into Seattle. You beat Seattle with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. You didn't look like you lost anything on offense. He looked great. Alvin Kamara was great. Michael Thomas looked really good. Uh, that defense played well enough to keep you in the game. It wasn't a great performance, but you played well enough to keep you in the football game. And like I said, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees are very similar quarterbacks. Okay, they're v precisely accurate. They don't move around a ton. But it, look, Teddy Two Gloves looked really good the other day. He looked really, really good. And, and people got to remind, remember, Teddy Bridgewater made the playoffs and made a Pro Bowl for uh, one year in Minnesota. He's a capable NFL quarterback. I think he's the perfect uh, backup to Drew Brees. The New Orleans Saints are back in the conversation. And again, with their division kind of wavering, we don't know what Carolina is. We don't know if Atlanta is any good. New Orleans still has a shot at this division with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, my second loser, the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a really bad loss. You cannot lose at home to the Detroit Lions, who the Lions, I will admit, have looked decent to start the year. But you really don't want to lose this game. You really don't want to lose this game. Now the questions are being asked, are the Eagles better with Nick Foles and all that stuff? No, they're not better with Nick Foles, but... You got to keep in mind, Philadelphia is hurt. They have no Alshon Jeffrey, no Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they're hurt right now. Their offensive line's a bit of a mess. Their secondary's always been a mess. It's difficult for the Eagles right now. But even though that is the case, you cannot lose at home at the link against the Detroit Lions. It is not acceptable. So the Philadelphia Eagles right now, they they're they're one and two right now. They've lost two straight games. Uh, and they might be one and three. They're going to go to Lambeau on Thursday night and play the Packers. That That's going to be a tough game, a really tough game. So 
Philadelphia is my second loser. A winner. We got to get drops for this. We got to be like, winner, winner. Win- winner. We got to be like, a winner. Winner. Um, my third winner, Cal. Uh, Cal? Kyle Allen is a winner. What a game for him. 261. He was 19 of 26 for 261 and four touchdowns against Arizona on the road. Uh, listen, I think with the questions about Cam Newton, you could say that this kid has a legitimate shot. I really do believe that. I think he has a legitimate shot at claiming that starting quarterback job. We say it all the time. Cam's out now. Cam's out uh, there. I feel like they could be extending Cam's injury to kind of see what they have in Kyle Allen and see if they have the future at the quarterback position. Look, he looked really good. He's got a strong arm. He's accurate. He's a very precise passer. He moves around good. He was the number one high school player in the country not too long ago. Uh, This kid's got good tape, and he had a weird college career. But Kyle Allen, right now in the NFL, through his first couple of games in the league, uh, played two games last year and then a game this year. He looked good. He really does. He looked good. Kyle Allen's a winner. Uh, Number three, loser, Seattle. Uh, You had a cakewalk. You You were the team that caught a huge break to begin the year. You got Cincinnati at home. You won that game. You go on the road against Pittsburgh with no Ben Roethlisberger, and you win that game. You come home, and you face the Saints without Drew Brees. You should be 3-0. I will say that. You should be 3-0. And this is what I've been telling people about the Seattle Seahawks all along. Russell Wilson had an unbelievable game in Week 3 against New Orleans. It has nothing to do with the quarterback position. The talent around Russell Wilson is very suspect. I'm not in love with his receivers. His offensive line is terrible. The defense is just a bunch of guys. It really isn't great. They have weaknesses all over the field except for middle linebacker with Bobby Wagner. I'm just, I'm very suspect about Seattle's roster. I think they're a little bit overrated right now. Russell Wilson's kind of trapped in a not very talented roster that Seattle with the NFC West has two, two, uh, three and O teams in it with San Francisco and the Rams. It's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be an uphill climb for Seattle. They're a loser. Uh, my fourth winner is a guy I've been talking about so far all week, Mitch Trubisky. I think he's right now. I think he's a winner. Completed twenty-five of thirty-one for two thirty-one and three touchdowns, one pick. I'm very impressed. Okay, he's accurate. He's able to escape pressure. He can make the play when it matters. This was the week that he needed to get the offense going. And I understand that they had a couple of defensive turnovers and uh, they had a, a defensive touchdown and everything like that. That's that's good. Right, look, the Bears are a good football team. But what did I tell you about Mitch yesterday? I don't need him to be a star. I need him to not kill me. I need him to not turn the ball over. I need him to not fumble. And I need him to make the play that when it matters. And, and Mitch Trubisky is doing that for the Bears. I think everybody... Now that people are, listen, he didn't throw any touchdowns in the first two games, so people had the right to criticize him. Now I think that he threw three in one game and kind of rebounded. I think now you've got people that can shut up about him a little bit. You've got people talking about him positively. Mitch Trubisky is my fourth winner. My fourth loser, the L.A. Chargers. You've got to be kidding me with this. Listen, all right, you 
you won on you won in week one, then you lose to the Lions, and then you lose to Houston. They, uh, remember, they won in overtime at yeah. home to a Colts team that just lost to the Colts. Lost. Right. I, Coming off the Angel Luck retirement. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm I'm iffy on him. I really am. And to be honest with you, you're losing the battle with Melvin Gordon now because of this. I really hope you realize that. You're losing the Melvin Gordon battle. So, uh, you've got to be better than one and two. Okay? I have a lot of faith in, in Phillip Rivers. I really do. I think he's a good quarterback. But that defense is really struggling. They get after the passer. But once you get past the first level of the defense, you really don't have much. The secondary is really underwhelming. I think they're really missing... Um, Adrian, they're missing Derwin James and Adrian Phillips. Uh, you're missing those guys because you can't defend on the second and third level of the defense. That is really, really troubling. And to be honest with you, I think you could do a little bit better at tackle. You're facing a lot of pressure off the edge. Uh, Austin Eckler's doing a good job, but you need to get more consistent on the defensive side of the football. They're a fourth loser. And my fifth and final winner, Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. You're legit. You are legit. 3-0 right now. You, listen, I know people are saying, oh, who have they played? They're 3-0, they played nobody. I understand that not all wins are cre- created equally, but they are taking advantage of the opportunities presented to them. They are beating the teams that they should beat, right? They beat Cincinnati, they beat the New York Jets, and they beat the New York Giants. I, I'm okay with them beating those teams because they're supposed to beat those teams. Okay, Josh Allen looks like he's developing. He looks like he's getting better with his arm. He's becoming a smarter player. They got him some wide receivers, so the offense is better. It is not fantastic, but it is better. And that Buffalo Bill defense is very good. They've got a lot of good players, a shutdown secondary. They have pass rushers. Ed Oliver looks really good right now. This is a good football team, a really good football team. I think right now they're they're looking good at punching their ticket to the playoffs. I didn't expect it from Buffalo, but they look really good right now. They really do. They're my fifth winner. Oh, and a very underrated uh, underrated uh, coaching staff. They are. Uh, this is a, a coaching staff that knows exactly what they're doing. And the fifth and final loser is Marcus Mariota. I mean, think about it. We, this guy has gotten chance after chance after chance. And I think the Titans are finally getting, are finally realizing this isn't our guy. This isn't our guy. We've given him an offensive line. We've given him receivers. We've given him a running game. He's got a great defense. We gave him new coaches. We gave him a great culture. Nothing is working. People are really souring on Marcus Mariota, and I think especially the Titans organization. So I do think that it's going to be time to move on from him soon. Marcus Mariota is my fifth and final loser. Uh, this was a bad performance from him. I knew he threw for 300 yards. It didn't look like 300 yards. It was a very deceiving stat line. You've got to you've got to do a little bit better in that game. Give your team a chance to win. You can't let Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars put a you know plus 13 spot on you. You can't do that. So Marcus Mariota is my final loser. So those are my winners and losers from Week Three. What do you think, Ev? Am I pretty on point with that? I think you're up. No, I think you're. I <clears throat> think you're on point there. Especially Seattle is a loser. That shocked me. I, they, <clears throat> you had, you came at home to the Saints without Drew Brees, and you were down twenty-seven-seven in the fourth quarter. Like, are you kidding me? So I, I know they have. I know they. I know it's a. It's a. It's not a. It's a flawed Seattle team, but I still think they're good, yeah. especially at home. And they down twenty-seven. So 
So I'll recap what I have. Daniel Jones, New Orleans, uh-huh. uh, the New Orleans Saints, Kyle Allen, Mitch Trubisky, and Buffalo Bill, uh, and the Buffalo Bills are my winners. My losers are Baker Mayfield and the Browns, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Seattle Seahawks, the L.A. Chargers, and Marcus Mariota. I, I think I'm on point. Uh, I, think, I really do. I think it's nothing. I, 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 it's just my, my glimpse of brilliance is shining oh, right yeah, now. Yes, very, a lot. It apparently. is. Oh, I, yes. God, I'm so smart. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, let's I mean, go to the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, here on a Wednesday, a Wii Sports, Sports Wednesday. It's a Wii Sports Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday-ish. Wednesday. Um, Wednesday-ish Wednesday. Wednesday, Friday, whatever. Um, so, obviously, a huge game with the Ravens and the Browns coming up. Earl Thomas, actually, we just got this talking to the media. He said he thinks... Uh, hold on, let me find it. I have it. Here we go. Earl Thomas was speaking to the media today just now. He said he sensed when he got to the Ravens that his new teammates were getting tired of all the hype around the Browns. Wait, who said that? Wait, Earl say Thomas. that again? Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas did? Earl Thomas said to the Earl media Earl Thomas has now. always been kind of a trash talker. He's always been. He's been a very vocal player his entire career. Isn't that funny? Like, and now he plays for a team that is very defensive identity I, it, I think it's a good fit. Earl Thomas in Baltimore is a good fit. I think it's also, I, I mean, I, you got to figure the Ravens, yeah, as the defending AFC North champions are kind of like, oh, God, enough enough of these Browns. Yeah, enough of the Browns. Enough of the Browns. Well, I agree with them. But I do, but I, what I have the Browns shown you to, I, I don't mind him poking the bear a little bit, because I, I don't think this is mean. I think this is just competitive. I, I Poke the bear a little. But what have they shown you? Baker hasn't been good. Their defense has been eh. They gave up 43 points to Tennessee in week one at home. Their defense hasn't been great. They're a little banged up. I, I, I mean, Cleveland's not impressive. Their offensive line's bad. But that's the part that scares me about this uh, about this game between Baltimore and Cleveland. That Baltimore pass rush is going to obliterate the, the Browns' offensive line. The, listen... We thought it was going to be a big deal when when Baltimore lost Adarius Smith and Terrell Suggs. Really not. Matt Judon, uh, Tim Williams, Patrick Onwasar. I mean, you got pass rushers, man. You have an influx of good pass rushers. This is a game where something's got to give. You have a struggling defense the last two weeks against a struggling offense. So something's got to give in that matchup. And I'm sure the Ravens are going to try to fix this pass defense. That's something Earl, Earl, Earl Thomas was talking about, them fixing the pass defense. Yeah. But I do find it interesting. Earl Thomas was, again, yeah, you're right. He's, he's, a, he's a talker. He likes, to, he likes to put himself out there. He's not afraid to put his mouth to put his mouth out there. So uh, I'm sure the Browns will look at this and be like, okay. But the Ravens, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure all offseason we're like, oh, God, God, enough of the Browns. Like, you know, we're, we're division champs here. What are, what are we, you know? Right. So this is going to be – it's going to be a highly contested, competitive football game on Sunday, and I can't wait. I, I honestly can't wait. I, this I, gonna it's going to be fun. This game's going to be fun. It's going to be what? fun. It's going to be physical. It, yeah. Well, it's going to be a good football fun. game. Uh, uh, more NFL news, actually. Daniel Jones has just won Pepsi Rookie of the Week. So congratulations to him. Yeah. Daniel Jones, Rookie what of the did Week. You, what did you expect? Right? I'm actually surprised they didn't win Player of the Week. Who oh, won Player of the Week? NFC Player. Uh, I don't know. NFC Player of the Week. You know, know who I bet? Uh, you know who I think would win it or should win it? Mike Evans. Yeah, probably. The Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a monster game. What was it, 190 and three touchdowns? Actually, Daniel Jones was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Wow. He was named Offensive Player of the Week. Good for him. Good for him. Danny Dimes. Look. I like him. 
Are you gonna be good? There's nothing like I I, I don't. What is there to complain about? What does he do poorly? Like, I, I'm going to ask, if you're not high on Daniel Jones, tell me why. Why? What does Daniel Jones do poorly? He's got a good arm. He's accurate. He's good at running the football. He can escape pressure. He's mentally tough. He makes good reads. I, what's wrong with him? Like, what does Daniel Jones do poorly? Can you name something? Am I? Uh, I'm, I'm honestly okay, asking I, I you. Am I, I missing I something? I can't, I can't name anything right now. It's only been one game. It's like I said. I, we got to watch all year long. We got to really see how he develops. I, and for, I'm not saying week, that he's week one, for week for week one for him for this first game. He was fantastic. And the preseason, I'm watching yeah, him. Yeah. Well, he was accurate. He was fantastic. Yeah, well, so, listen. So, I, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. But what I'm saying is, is that like I, he could definitely improve. Like it. He's not perfect. Like, he can definitely improve at what he does. Like, he could get more accurate. You know, his arm could get stronger. He could make, you know, he could be smarter. He's still a he's still a young guy. But he doesn't do any of that stuff poorly. He looks like he's a good, well-rounded player oh, sure. already. Sure. And he looks good. Through five games, through four preseason games, and now this regular season game, you like what you've seen, and it, it's it's going to be one game at a time for the Giants. And now, oh yeah, so one game at a time. You got division rival coming up this Sunday in a packed house. Play place is going to be place is going to be packed. You know, so it, it's just one game at a time. But yeah, good for him, rookie of the week and offensive player of the week. Uh, let's go to the NBA. Lamelo Balls. Uh, Lamelo Balls representatives are reportedly negotiating a sneaker deal as he prepares to enter the 2020 NBA draft. Yeah. According to ESPN's Jonathan Gavani, Ball was not seen wearing any big Ball of brand merchandise during the recent MBL MBL Blitz preseason tournament in Australia, but he did don yeah. some Nike gear. Yeah. And he's he's, he's also getting a lot of buzz to be the number one overall draft pick. Yeah, people are saying that now that Lamelo's got the talent to be the number one overall pick. He's got the talent to be the number one overall pick. I'd love to see him in Cleveland. Like, I honestly, and people are going to think I'm crazy. I would love to see LaMelo Ball in Cleveland. I would get a LaMelo Ball Cleveland Cavalier jersey. I would get it. The day he gets drafted, I would get it. Actually, I wouldn't do that because I'd want to wait till he gets assigned his number. I'd want his number, but I would 100% be in on LaMelo Ball. The kid's talented. He appeared on the He's got great size, a good ball handler. He could shoot the lights out of the building. I mean, LaMelo Ball could be really good. Really good. And I think the bigger story here. Here's a uh, clip of LaMelo Ball on the jump. To okay. Jump. All right. Go this ahead. Is, yeah. Uh, this is actually a few. This is a few months ago. Oh, this is him with the. This is him with the Illawarra Hawks, right? He, yeah. He's where he's announcing he's going to go play in Australia. Oh, yes. 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 So. Make about where you want to play next year. What are you doing? Uh, next year, take my talents to the NBL. Okay. For the Illawarra Hawks. Excellent. Over in Australia. Yep. Absolutely. Why did you decide ah. this is the way to go for you? Uh, you know, I just think it's the best route for me. I'm trying to be the number one pick for the 2020 draft, so I heard they got great uh, strength and conditioning over there. So off the court, that'd be good. And then on the court, you know, pros been through there, stuff like that. So I yeah. think it's all going to help. And you asked that a few months ago, so it uh, sounds like he's on track. Sounds yeah. like he's on track to be the number one pick. Uh, I'm amazed by how much he's matured. Like, it, you've got to keep in mind, like, and I, it might not be fair to say that because there's, like, he's been, like, he's been under the spotlight since he was 14 years old. I mean, he was, like, he first got his attention when Lonzo was a big draft prospect. That was two years ago. You know what I mean? I mean, he missed, um, 
I think they pulled him out of high school. Yeah. They then did. they had him play in Lithuania. Yeah. And he was dominating Lithuania. Him and his brother were him both brother dominating was Lithuania. Lithuania. Dominating it. Um, this was a, this is an executive, NBA executive said this. He says, if he keeps this up, uh, LaMelo, I don't see any way he isn't in the conversation for the number one overall pick. He completely changed my, he completely changed my perception of the type of prospect he is and all the background info I gathered here from his coaches and teammates paints a very different story of what I thought about him off the court as well. Yeah. A scout, a scout compared ball to Luka Doncic on his size, his feel, and his creativity. No, I, listen. I think he's. I think he's a legit player. I think uh, Lamelo is a legit player. But like I was saying before, I think the bigger story here is: don't you see the sneaker deal thing? Right? He's not wearing any big baller brand. No. He's wearing primarily Nike stuff, and his agent is trying to get him shoe deals. I think we're kind of seeing this now, right? LaMelo now with this shoe deal. Lonzo saying that the big baller brand, uh, that brand was damaged, right? Damaged goods and everything like that when LaVar said that to, to Lonzo. Yeah. This is a very... Okay, these kids are kind of breaking off. They're kind of becoming their own people. You know what I mean? Like... People have given Lonzo flack because they associate Lonzo with LeVar. Lonzo Ball is a completely different person. If you ever talked to Lonzo's a humble kid. He's quiet, right? I mean, this whole thing about, like, how LeBron hated, like, LeBron hated Lonzo or something like that. LeBron doesn't hate Lonzo. Lonzo said, listen, LeBron was my biggest mentor when I was, when I was in Los Angeles. I, uh, him and LeBron were... Work together a lot. I mean, I think a lot of irrational stories come out because of LeVar Ball, and the kids are realizing that. You know, Lonzo and LiAngelo and LaMelo are, are realizing that, and they're kind of separating a little bit. Like, they're not cutting him out, but they're saying, all right, Dad, we're we're going to be our own people. It doesn't matter if we have our own brand. We need to have we, our own agents. We need to, speak for, we need to speak for ourselves. Right, not you. Not you. Not you. And I think they're coming to that realization, and it's working out better for them. It is. So, all right. That was a good news segment. That's the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, here on a Wednesday. Listen, I'm amazed by how much LaMelo Ball matured. I am. I I think he's he's a different person. He was a loud, annoying, obnoxious kid when he was younger. And now that he's kind of matured and he's taking basketball seriously and he's trying to become a professional, he's a much more mellow-toned, very easy-to-talk-to type. Like, he looks like he's a very easy guy. And it sounds great. Like, he really does sound incredibly good. I, I'm amazed by how much he has matured. Or maybe just ste- amazed, I, just stepping away, just going off and playing on your own in Lithuania, in Australia. And it's not like he's the only one doing that. R.J. No. Hampton is doing that too. R.J. Yeah. Hampton's going to be another top ten pick. Like R.J. Hampton's really good. Like they say, R.J. Hampton is very um, like Tracy McGrady. That's what they say about R.J. Hampton and Lamelo Ball. I think you're right. There's uh, comparing him to Luka Doncic is probably kind of accurate. A good ball handler. He can shoot. And I'm amazed. Luka Doncic, I think, is going to win MVP titles in this league. I, I, see him last year. He was 19 last year. And he, the guy dominated. dominated. 
He was clearly the best rookie la- uh, last year. That kid's good, really got, good. And Dallas is a young team on the rise, and you already and you're right. Very, you're very extended, Christos Porzingis. So you hope right. Stays, you hope you're hoping for the Mavericks. He stays healthy. I'm going to tell you this. Dantich. You know who would be a great fit for Lamelo Ball? Like a really great fit. Other really than, other, great. Other than Cleveland. Other than Cleveland. Other than Cleveland, because I think Cleveland would be really good too. Because I think you'd have a really firepower backcourt with Lamelo Ball, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton in Cleveland. But you know who else would be a really great fit? Like, really great? Sacramento? No, not Sacramento. They don't need guards. They don't need guards. Even though I've, I'm hearing LaMelo Ball could play forward, even though, that would actually be a decent fit. But uh, I don't think they have a chance of getting him. They're going to be too good. But you know who would have a really – would, it would be a, such a good fit. The Knicks. Oh, my gosh. That was my sec. That was my other one. The Knicks I was gonna say would the Knicks. be – because I don't think the stage is too bright for him – and imagine that, pairing him with R.J. Barrett. They're both great passers. They're both going to be very high-volume scorers. I think it would be a great fit for him in New York. Again, though. Great I, fit. I, I, it's not about LaMelo. It's about LaVar. You put LaMelo If LaVar is even LaMelo a big the, part of it anymore, though. I, I know, but I still, have that, I still have that worry in the back of my head. I need to, yeah. If I'm the Knicks, I'm putting a ball... Family. I'm putting a member of the ball family in New York. I got to make sure I'm only going to get LaMelo and not LaVar in the background yapping his gums. Yeah, well, LaVar, I think, is going to be spending a lot more time in New Orleans <laughs> because of Lonzo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay, coming up next, I do this every Friday, but t- since today's Wednesday, we're going to be off on Thursday and Friday. I'm going to give you my four sure four. It's my four best gambling picks. Uh, going into this weekend, uh, these are the four games. I give you three NFL games and one college game that I think you really need to gamble on and put your money on. I went I, last week. I didn't have as good of fortunes. I went two and two last week, uh, but the week before that, I went four and zero. Oh. So so far, I'm six and two on the year. That's not bad. So I'm going to tell you where I think you should put your money. That's coming up next. The four shore four on the haystack in the worldwide sports radio network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Hour two, it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Uh, top of hour two. It's noon, which means it's time for the four shore four. Uh, I'll give you. I usually do this on Friday, but because we're not going to be here Thursday or Friday, uh, I'm going to do it today. My four gambling picks. My four best gambling picks coming up uh, for this weekend. I'll give you three NFL games and one college game. Uh, and you decide whether you want to take that bet or not. I'm just going to say that in the first two weeks, I'm 6-2 and two on these picks. So you would have made more money than you gave up if you bye, followed bye, my bye. gambling picks. So here we go. The for sure four begins with Buffalo. I like Buffalo plus seven against New England. I think that the Bills have a legitimate shot to cover here. I think the Bills have a uh, legitimate shot to win this game outright. Buffalo has a tendency to play the Patriots extremely well at home. Uh, Like I said, I think Josh Allen is coming around. I think that defense is very good. 
Now, at the same time, I do think that New England's defense has never been better than it is right now. But I do believe Buffalo is legit. A great, uh, a great coaching staff, an improved offense. They have a great defense. And year after year after year, the Bills have improved to the point where I do think they could actually beat the Patriots at home. So I like, I think it's a very nasty, disrespectful spread uh, as far as the Bills are concerned. So I like the Bills to cover plus seven against New England. Uh, number two, I like the Buccaneers plus nine and a half against the Rams. I think that the Bucks being at home is a big advantage for them. I'm not saying they're going to win the game outright. But what I do think is, is that these are two very good offenses. The Rams have to uh, digress a little bit from last year. Their offensive line has been struggling. And what we're seeing from Tampa Bay is a really nice, potent pass rush. Shaquille Barrett is coming out of nowhere. And what, he's got eight sacks on the year already yes. through three weeks? He's yeah. the best pass rusher in football right now. So they can definitely get after the quarterback. They stop the run relatively well with uh, with Indomitian and Sue. I don't love their secondary. There's a lot of receivers there. But here's my deal. I actually think Tampa Bay is going to make Jared Goff uncomfortable with that offensive line. So I like the Buccaneers here, plus 9.5 against the Rams. I think at the very least, the Buccaneers do cover this spread, maybe lose by a touchdown. I think it's a very easy spread to bet, uh, to bet on here, plus 9.5 for Tampa Bay at home against the Rams. Uh, this is my only favorite to bet. I like Kansas City minus six and a half against the Lions. Uh, it's in Kansas City. It's at Air. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It is at Detroit. It is in Detroit. But here's my deal. I think that Detroit is kind of fool's gold right now. I don't know if they're legit. I'm not in. I'm not in love with their defense. I think they stop the run well, but I think they struggle against the pass. So what I'm gonna say here is. Even without Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins are good enough wide receivers with Travis Kelsey to have a potent passing offense. I think the Chiefs blow out the Lions this weekend. I really do. I think it's going to be a really bad football game uh, as far as the Lions are going. I think they're going to outscore them. I think the odds makers are giving Detroit way too much credit uh, for what they've done through the first three weeks. Uh, Give me the Chiefs minus six and a half. This is a big favorite that I would really gamble on. I like the Chiefs against Detroit uh, uh, at the Lions. And my college game. USC plus 10 at Washington. I like that. I like that. I think USC is a little bit underrated. They kind of go week to week to week. Um, I think Keaton Slovis is doing a good job at quarterback for USC. Jacob Eason I like, but he hasn't shown me something great so far this year. I think that Washington is really well coached, but it's a West Coast game. USC doesn't need to travel far. Uh, Washington is kind of underwhelmed, not to uh, not to take credit away from them, but they have kind of underwhelmed. I like USC here. They've beaten good teams. They had that one loss against BYU that they probably shouldn't have suffered, but it was at BYU. That... I like USC to at least cover here. It's a 10-point spread. Give me USC plus 10 at Washington. Those are my four sure four. What do you think, Ev? 
cash in. Cash, cash Listen, out. I think you can trust me. I'm six and two in the first two weeks I'm doing this. So, so we got Chiefs plus Chiefs ten and a half. I'm sorry, six, only six point favorites against Detroit, huh? I uh, yeah, I, I see from from the uh, from the odds that I'm looking at, it's Chiefs minus six and a half. They're giving the Lions, you know, they're giving the Lions a lot of credit for their two and zero and one start. Yeah, I, I, definitely I think that's a big, I think it's a blowout game. I think the Chiefs blow out Detroit. That, that might that might be a game where the spread the spread is kind of playing a little kind to the Lions, but yeah, I can see Kansas City just. Yeah. Tear, tear I think the, the Bucks. I think the Bucks cover against the Rams. I, I do. will say the Lions' offense is playing well. Stafford's actually playing well again. That's a weak Chiefs defense, so maybe maybe they see maybe they know. see something in that. I think they're I think they're going to get blown out. I think they are going to get blown out, Detroit. What were the, the other two? Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay plus nine and a half against the Rams, and I like. Buffalo plus seven against the Patriots yeah, this weekend. Any game, if there's any game the Rams offense can really can really wake up, it's against this Tampa Bay defense that's just coming off an atrocious alley against Daniel Jones. The Rams offense has yet to kind of get going, so this is a nice a nice um, uh, game for them to do that. And the other one is the first the first one you mentioned. The other one is uh, the Bills plus uh, Bills, Bills plus New seven England. Bills plus seven at home against New England. Yeah, you know what? That's a good spread. I like that's a good. I understand that's a good that. spread. I Buffalo that. always plays New England well at home, yeah. and Buffalo I think is really good this year. They are a good football team, and they match up well. They match up. Well. That secondary in Buffalo can cover New England's wide receivers. They can. I really do. I think this is a good matchup for the Bills. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won this game. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. That's a good spread. I mean, it's Buffalo, New England's in Buffalo. Tough to, yeah, that's a good spread. I could totally see. I could definitely yeah, see covering that without Absolutely. a doubt. Oh, I could definitely see that one. And then I like USC plus ten against Washington because, uh, like I said, I don't think USC is a bad program. I think Keaton Slovis is doing a nice job at quarterback. In for JT Daniels. This is a good offense. This is a good USC football team. They're a little shaky, but so is Washington. Washington's been shaky this year. So I like USC right. at Washington yeah. to cover. All right, that's the four shore four. Six and two. So I'm going to tell you, six and two in the first two weeks. Bye, bye, bye. Went four bye, and zero oh in the first week, and then two and two last week. I'm actually very disappointed with what I did last week. Very disappointed. Sell, sell, sell. I'm very disappointed. I, I look, I, I, I felt confident in my picks too. I felt really confident in my picks, and I, I whiffed. If you can call two and two whiffing, I broke even. I broke even. I don't know. Whatever. I went into the house of pain. The house of pain. Went into the house of pain. House of pain. The house of pain. Where is the house of pain anywhere? I don't see the house of pain. Where is it? Oh, there it is. I lost track. There it is. The house of pain. There it is. I found it. I'm telling you right now. I found it. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better this week. Okay? I'm confident in all of these. I really am. Like, I think... I'm for sure about all of these. Uh, I, I'll say this. I think I'm definitely, 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 definitely going to get three of these right. Definitely going to get three of these lights. I'm a, I'm a little bit... I, I don't want to say I'm iffy because I, I do really think it's going to happen. But if there had to be one that I think could go against me is the college game. USC and Washington. It's on the road and USC's shaky. But I'm banking on the fact that Washington's been really shaky too and I think they're too... Good football program, so I don't think it's going to be a ten point. I don't think it's going to be a ten point game. It could be a touchdown, but not ten points. I'm not into it. All right, 
still plenty of stuff to go over today. We'll make picks in the final hour. But uh, coming up next, Melvin Gordon is going to make the right decision <clears throat> by coming back from his holdout. But it isn't for the reason that you think. It's coming up next. Hey, Sack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hey, you want to go see, um, if you want to go see our trusty sidekick, uh, I wouldn't say trusty sidekick, our Big J journalist, Monica Ray, you can actually see her tonight. Uh, she is, she does stand-up comedy, so if you want to go see her, you absolutely can. Go to the Burrito Restaurant in Port Jeff Village tonight at 6.30. Uh, she is one of the featured comedians on. Uh, it's a $50 entry fee, and all of that money is getting donated to the New York Cancer Foundation. Uh, comedy night, laugh in the face of cancer. It is tonight, and our own Monica Ray, our Big J journalist, will be one of the stand-up comics performing at this event. If so, if you want to go see her, you can go do that. She's really funny. You're gonna, you're she's gonna love her. She's, she's a, yeah, she's a, yeah. She's really, really funny. You're gonna, you know, go check whenever you get. The, if you get the chance, go check. Her. And so for a good cause too. It's for a great cause too. Uh, all right, so let's get into this because reports came out this morning that Melvin Gordon is looking to end his holdout soon. Um, <clears throat> he was originally planning on coming back, and I didn't know this, but he was originally planning on coming back in October. But he's heavily considering coming back sooner, which essentially would mean this week. This is the last week we got before October. Um, Austin Eckler who is filling in at running back for the Chargers, is third in the league in scrimmage yards so far through three weeks. Uh, And you can say the leverage uh, is working against Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is making a smart play here. He's making a smart play by coming back. If Melvin wants a chance at being the highest paid running back in the league, Melvin has to play. Not only does he have to play... But he has to look not expendable. So here's my point on this. Think about it. Melvin Gordon is in a good spot as far as proving his value. He has a chance to make everybody realize how much he means to the Chargers. He's a really good chance of doing that right now. He should come back this week. The Chargers are 1-2 in the first three weeks of the season without Melvin Gordon. Even if the Chargers don't need him, if he comes back and they start winning football games, that's leverage on his end with not only the Chargers, but with every other team in the league that's interested in him. They don't even... Melvin Gordon can come back and not make a difference in the running game. Honestly, he could, the running game can digress with Melvin Gordon. But if they start winning football games with him uh, in the backfield instead of Austin Eckler, that's going to translate with a lot of people. A lot of people are going to go out there and say, look at the Chargers. They're starting to win games. They were 1-2. and two. Now they're, whatever, 5-2 and two with them in the, in the next seven weeks. They're gonna, it's going to be different. And people are going to look at this and say, well, okay. Now Melvin can go. Now Melvin has value. And, and that's, my, that's been my argument with, with running backs all, the, uh, all along. 
Star running backs have yet to prove their value. You don't lose a lot of ground if you lose your star running back. The Chargers right now are 1-2. and two, And they've, uh, look, they've lost two games that they probably should have won. They lost two games they probably should have won. So if Melvin Gordon comes back this week, they get a win, and they start winning a couple of weeks going on. I mean, the opinion's going to change. The opinion's going to change with Melvin. Even if he doesn't make any difference in the offense, the opinion on Melvin Gordon is going to change. Melvin has a really good chance. And I think if the Chargers, think uh, think about this for a minute. Do you really think that if the Chargers weren't one and two, he'd be coming back? I don't think so. I really don't. Melvin is not dumb. And from everything that I've heard, he's a good kid. From everything I've heard, he's a good guy. You know, I think if the Chargers weren't one and two, he wouldn't be entertaining coming back. He gets to prove his value and look like the savior if they start winning games. I think it's a very simple concept. Melvin Gordon has every chance to come back and be the savior for the Chargers. He does. He's holding out. There's a lot of principles that go into this when a running back is holding out. And this is what we've learned so far. Okay, When your running back holds out, in order for them to get paid, they can't really miss time. Okay, Zeke got paid as the highest paid running back in the NFL, but Zeke didn't miss any football games. Zeke missed the preseason, but he didn't miss any regular season games. When Le'Veon Bell was trying to go through this whole thing, Le'Veon Bell got paid. He did. He makes $13 million by the Jets. That's fine. But Le'Veon Bell did not get highest paid running back in football money because he missed a whole year. So Melvin Gordon is trying to meet somewhere in the middle, and it's a smart move for him to come back sooner. Okay, We've seen it time and time again. Injuries very rarely in the NFL affect your contract that much. Earl Thomas came back from a broken leg, and he's the highest paid safety in football now. Okay? Think about this for a minute. Melvin can come back. The Chargers start winning games. He then would have a chance to be the highest paid running back in the, in the NFL, even if he doesn't deserve to be. He's probably a top five, seven, eight running back in the league. That's probably what he is. So he probably doesn't deserve to be the highest paid running back. But that doesn't necessarily matter. If he proves his value, Melvin is going to get his money. And listen, I, Melvin's a good kid. He looks like a good teammate. I have no problem with him coming back this late, three weeks into the season. Because I think he's making a good play. This is a good play for him. The more you play the better off you're getting. And the, I would say the higher chance it is of you being, or I shouldn't say being, getting the highest of value that you want. I think you've got to play. And we've seen that over and over again. Yes, Zeke missed training camp, but he didn't miss any time. That's why he got paid. It has nothing to do with the fact that, oh, he's got great value. Dak needs him. Didn't really have anything to do with that. It had everything to do with... He didn't miss any games. So Melvin Gordon has a chance to kill two birds with one stone, not, vis- not miss very many games, and come back when your team is struggling, and they start winning games, and you're the common denominator. That is what you have as leverage, not only with the Chargers, but with every team in the NFL. All right. Um, good stuff today. Melvin Gordon, 
I think he's making a really smart play. I, I think if he comes back, it's a really smart move. I don't know, do you think he comes back this this week? Uh, I have a actually, feeling he will. Well, actually, Ian Rappaport. Let me see if I can. Let me just get this report. Oh here. God, Ian. Let me just get rap this sheet. Damn it. He always says that. It's always listen. Well, actually, Ian Rappaport. Well, you know what, Ian Rappaport. Quit ruining my segments. Hold on. Now hold on. You're like Evan. Now hold on. He said he's not expected to play this week, even if he shows up tomorrow. So <sighs> the following week against Denver, if he shows up this week. Whatever. Okay. So you might whatever. Get, you might not get him this week, but you certainly could get him next week. Okay, but uh, even if he doesn't play this week, I think that still applies because he could still come back. They still have a good no, running game. Because imagine bad. if the Chargers lose. Now that's why people are gonna, people are gonna people are gonna all, say playing, this. Playing the Dolphins, so they wasn't. So it could be a double-edged sword, right? It could be a double-edged sword because. I understand, and people are going to always say this. There's negative connotations to a lot of different things. So people are going to tell me, oh, if Melvin Gordon comes back and they lose, he loses his value. It makes no sense. That, yes, it does. If they lo- There's always going to be a negative connotation to literally every contract negotiation. Okay, people are going to try and downplay Melvin Gordon as much as they want. That's fine. Okay, he's going to get his, he has the best chance of getting his money if he plays and he plays well. That's, that's, that's sports. If you play and you're good at it, you will get your money. It's very point blank. The NFL's not trying to screw you over. Thing if is, you're though, worth can, the money, then there you go. He you're can, good. He can still – thing is, though, he, he's making – I think it kind of was a win-win for him because he could – with the Chargers being one and two, he could still hold out and watch how things play out. And if the team is still struggling, still still come back at a good time, get his payday. Right, but that's my thing. And, They're one and, and or two. He's coming, or, he's, or come back This now, is the perfect so time because you don't want to wait too long. They start winning games and then you lose that leverage. you got to come back when they're one and two and hit the ground running, start winning football games, and there you, now your agent has material. You see, Chargers... But, Look at what happened after my client came back. You were one and two, struggling on offense. Once he came back, look at the difference. Oh, that was he started the, no. winning games. And trust it's, me, that, it's leverage. That was I think a, it's a great play for Melvin Gordon to come back now. No, it's a leverage Gordon had, and it's also a leverage Zeke would have had if he came back and say the Cowboys struggled to start the season off. You yeah. know, and that, that would have been, been tough, though. That would have been, like, been tough. The Giants, the Skins, no, no, and the I Dolphins. Know. The no. Cowboys were going to go three and zero without Zeke. I mean, they, 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 that was going to be a really, you know. And, and by the way, like, people are going to say, oh, well, I don't know about that. The Cowboys, I don't know if they would have gone. It isn't like Zeke through the first three weeks is killing the NFL. He really isn't. I think he's, four, he's fourth in the league in rushing because he has a great game against Miami. But he's also got back to Tony Pollard at 100 plus yards against Miami. He's also so, got back to back 100 yard rushing, 100 yard games, right, Zeke? Sure. But what I'm saying is that. What you're seeing now in Dallas is this is a Dak-led offense. This is not Zeke right now. Zeke is not driving this Cowboy offense. Dak and the accuracy are. Kellen Moore and all of that stuff. That's what's driving the Cowboy but offense. Critically, though, uh, once once it gets to critical time, that's when Zeke. That's when Zeke. My that's when Zeke is going to pop up as his importance. Like this Sunday against the. But Saints it hasn't so Dome, far. But against three bad football teams. But right, but the, but but that's what we're talking about. Once that's it, what we're talking about because it. The leverage wouldn't have worked that way with Zeke like it does with Melvin Gordon because the Cowboys, no matter what, would have won those three football games. No matter what. No matter what. So, 
if we're just talking, I don't disagree with you that Zeke plays a big part in the offense. I'm disagreeing. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is, is that in those first three weeks, it wouldn't have made a difference. Zeke would not have had the same leverage that Melvin Gordon does because the Chargers without him are losing football games. And, but I will say, though. Even if it isn't. Uh, I don't think we expected the Chargers Even if it's to not Melvin Gordon, because Austin Eckler is killing it right now. I don't think we expected the Chargers to lose to Detroit. We didn't expect that at all. When they lost oh, my God. They couldn't game. get anything going against Detroit. Detroit sucks. I mean, seriously, they're 2-0-1, but they blew a lead in week one to Arizona and Kyler Murray. I, I don't buy Detroit at all, even though, you know, listen, they, 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 they tied the Cardinals, they beat the Chargers, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home, okay? So maybe they're okay. But still, I'm just saying, Zeke's true. Melvin leverage. Gordon has leverage if he comes back now. Because if he does, and they start winning football games, everything else gets thrown out the window. Oh, no. It's and all he'll about... Get, he'll get a payday. Right. He'll it is, get his contract. Right. It's all about, we are winning games with me. And without me, you are one and two. Do the math. I think that... I think... Okay. One and two minus winning games with me... And making the playoffs, that mathematical equation I think equates to about $15, $16 million a year. And he has leverage for that now. I disagree with them getting that kind of money. I don't like running backs getting that money. But he would have leverage towards that. He would. The true leverage of Zeke, if he did, would have held out. I agree they would have won. They would have won at least two and one, three and out without him because of the three teams they played. He would have had to hold out happened. longer. It would have been, and I we made that point before. It would have been. It would have been after because they got they again New Orleans. Now of course no one knew at the time Drew Brees would be out, but New Orleans, the Packers. You know, I, I still I still think the Jets could be could turn this thing around. It starts next week. This jet, the Jets, New England, so and so, Minnesota. I think that's when the true leverage and value of Zeke would have approached, and that's when yeah, maybe, Zeke, but. You know, again, that, but the Cowboys got that got the deal done after the once the pre uh, yeah after the preseason was over. Right? I think it was after the preseason was over they got the deal done. Yeah, it was like it was like right week one. Yeah. It was week, it was right, right week before one week one started. So, but yeah, this is a good. This is Melvin Gordon sees the team one and two, and he's like, okay, hey, opportunity comes. I mean, he could sit and wait longer. He can he can sit and wait longer, and maybe the team is two and three, three four, whatever, and be like, hey, my value is getting up yeah, even more. I wouldn't take that probably. risk though, because the Chargers are talented. They can still win games. It's just I wouldn't do that. All right, uh, let's go to the news. Our interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Way Sports Wednesday. Oh, we got a good one for you. I was gonna pop, I was gonna give this to you at the opening news segment, but so ESPN came out with their are coming out currently with their top 100 players uh, for the NBA the season, right? for the NBA entering the season. Yes, and Zion Williamson was Is ranked 42, 42nd above Clay Thompson. I might add. He is, he is already ranked the 42nd best all right, player in the first NBA. First of all, well, wait. That's pretty uh, high for guys that's Okay, played. all right. Is, Higher is than it, Clay. Is it four next year? Like, this is this is the top 100 NBA players go for the 2019 or 2020 season. <clears throat> it is for this upcoming season. Okay, I get this that. This upcoming season. People are going to call me crazy for that, but I get it. I get why Above Zion Clay? is ranked ahead of him. Clay? Yeah, because Clay's not going to play till March. I know, but I'm still not putting. Not, him like that's play. my thing is is Zion Williamson's going to play 80 games, and Clay's going to play 20. Like that's that's why. Like, listen, I I in a million years I would never put. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe not in a million years, but this year I would not put Clay Tom fully healthy. I would put Clay Thompson over Zion Williamson. I, pretty healthy. I really would. I, Clay Thompson would be in the top 20, and Zion would probably be where he is. Right? But I get it. 
If Clay's only going to play for a couple of weeks of the year, then I get it. I get why he's ahead of him. Uh, people, uh, don't freak out about that. I love Zion. Zion's really good. But I will admit, it, it is high. I don't love it. But th- I, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> That's all I'm saying. If Clay is going to play till March, I get it. If Clay was playing all year, then yeah, it makes no sense. Clay Thompson should easily be over him. I'll read easily. You the, I'll read you the uh, description. They also have him over Kevin Love. Kevin Love is also 43. Uh, here's Zion Williams. Kevin Love. Uh, I probably wouldn't because I think Kevin Love is going to play. But Kevin Love's hurt too all the time. Kevin Love didn't play that much last year. Here's what they wrote for Zion. Uh, <clears throat> this is their description. Our NBA rank panel placed the number one overall pick of this year's draft. 42nd, the highest, the highest ever for a first-year player in the nine seasons we've been doing NBA rank. That's understandable given that Zion is one of the most promising players to enter the league in recent memory. Still, it is, is it fair to think any 19-year-old rookie will be one of the league's top 50 players right away? Right. Again, is again, is that fair to think? Like that right off the bat, he's already a top 50 player. He hasn't even played, hasn't even played a uh, NBA regular season quarter yet, and he's a top 50 player. Not only top 50, but close to the top 40. Well, you got to keep in mind. Who are uh, – all right, I'm interested. <clears throat> Zion Williamson is 42. Yes. Who is ranked ahead of it? Give me, like, 30 to 41. Ahead of Zion? Yes. Lamarcus Aldridge is 41. Nikolai Vojvek at, uh, Vojvek at 40. Okay. Uh, Kyle Lowry, 39. Draymond Green at 38. Wow, I wouldn't I would not put – see, I wouldn't put Clay. I, 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 wouldn't put I, Draymond I think that's of Clay. just right for him. Draymond's overrated by a mile. I wouldn't put – no, I'm saying I wouldn't put Draymond ahead of Clay. Personally, 37 well, Al Horford. Uh, you're not taking into the account with the injury. I know. Clay Thompson's going to be out till March. I understand, but as a player, no way. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. But th- if Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson for this year is not going to have that much value, if he doesn't, if he misses five months. 35 Jason Tatum, 34 Christos Porzingis, 33 Oladipo, 32 Chris Paul, 31 Drew Holiday, 30. Uh, oh no, they don't have 30 yet, but just it goes through 31. Who's who's behind him? Like who's who? Give me like forty-three to fifty. Okay. Uh, okay. So forty-three to fifty. Second. All right. So Zion's forty-two. Zion's forty-two. Forty-three is uh, Kevin Love. Forty-four Miles Turner. Forty-five Aaron Gordon. Forty-six Demar Derozan. Forty-seven Josh John Collins. Forty-eight Bojan Bogdanovic. Forty-nine Clay. Fifty Laurie Markkinen. Well, here's one that I don't understand. This is a really ridiculous one. How the hell is DeMar DeRozan 46? DeMar, that's one I disagree with. DeMar DeRozan should be way higher. He was 39 last DeMar DeRozan year. should be borderline top 20. He's really good. He was 30. They put him at 39 last year. I guess. Wow. Okay. That's that's a little they put rough. Clay, they put Clay at 18 last year. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. I, I Zion, I would probably take right now over Markinen. I'd probably take Zion right now over Aaron Gordon. Like the guys he's ahead of, I don't think are unrealistic. Like Miles Turner, I think could probably be ahead of Zion right now, but not too much else really. And, and obviously, and and DeRozan, I think should be a lot higher. DeRozan, I think right now is better than Zion, obviously, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's out of the realm. I don't think they're being too disrespectful. There's like maybe a couple of iffy ones, but that's it. I don't know. What's next? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they said apparently according to, East, according to Adam Schefter. Oh, he hurt his whatever spleen. 
They said it's a back injury. Yeah, I know. He's he's faking it. He's uh, faking not, it. He's faking. Not practicing. Today he's faking to, it. Not practicing due to what the team is reporting as a back injury. It is far fetched to think he will play Sunday's game at the Broncos. Per sources, Ramsey and the Jaguars are engaged in a stare down about a potential trade. Jalen Ramsey's faking it. I don't know what I'm gonna do. What do we do, Jalen Ramsey? Jerry Seinfeld. There you go. That is Jerry Seinfeld. Um. All right, but I. I told you. I, like I said, I, I he's gonna get traded. He doesn't want to play for Jacksonville. He's got. I don't know if it's a Doug Marone thing. I, last I heard, it was a front office thing. I heard it was something. Somebody in the front office said something to him that he didn't like, and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. And he held a freaking press conference explaining why he wants to leave. He was very clear and concise about it. He wants out. So Shad Khan should get to work and try to trade him. Period. He doesn't want to play there. If he's going to, fa- and now he's getting to the point where he's, I-, I guarantee you this is not a real injury. It's not a real injury. Well, now we have, we have flu. They were expecting him at practice today. We have flu and we have back. Yeah, he's got back. yeah, he's got a back issue. Oh, but I had the, the flu. You realize back. that the flu lasts like two weeks. Like the flu lasts a while. This is not a thing where like you get over the flu after a couple days. The flu is something that lasts for like a week and a half. Just call it like it is. He it's doesn't want to play. It's a holdout. Right, it's, it's a holdout, holdout until I get traded. Right. I, I'm exactly. not showing up. To, I don't trade I don't wanna, him. I don't want to play. Trade I don't him. Play I disagree with what Jalen's doing. Trade. I really do. I disagree with what Jalen's doing. I don't think he should be holding out this or much a hold or 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 not playing or doing all of this stuff. I, I I disagree with him. I think he should just like if he wants to get traded, that's fine. But don't stop playing. You know, like still play because you're still doing this for you. But the Jaguars should 100% trade him without question. And there are te- and without just, question they and should I, trade I know Shotcom wants to I know Shotcom wants to pay him understandable but Jalen Ramsey said made it clear I, I want out of here. I want to be traded to Shotcom said you're going to be the highest paid corner in the league if you stay with us. But he wants to play He's too. guaranteeing that. Jalen right. Ramsey just doesn't want to play for you. Jalen Ramsey wants to play for a contender and still be paid as the best team and as the best corner in the NFL. And there are teams that need corners. Mm. Kansas City, well, okay. the Eagles, the Ravens. Well, look. They need corners. In Jets. Jacksonville's case, I'm not going to give I I wouldn't necessarily give him his wish. Me like, like, I wouldn't put effort into giving him to a contender. I, I'm going to trade him to whoever gives me the best offer. Okay. If yeah, the best true. offer comes from the New York Jets, fair enough. Fair enough. Then I'm going to I'm going to trade you to the New York Jets. The best offer comes from the Dolphins or the Bengals. I'm going to trade you to those teams. I don't care. Fair enough. Like. Uh, I was just saying what Jalen Ramsey If the Ramsey Chiefs wants. give me an offer and the Bengals give me an offer and the Bengals offer is better, screw what Jalen Ramsey wants. I'm thinking what's better for the team. I, if the Bengals give you first two first-round picks, I, I'm not saying they would do this, but a team like the Bengals, they give you a two, two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, and Kansas City gives you one. Uh, I'm trading him to the Bengals. I'm trading him to the Bengals. Screw what Jalen Ramsey wants. Screw it. I, I Look. I, I, I don't know. If the Eagles make you the best offer, uh, don't be discriminatory based on, all right, well, he wants to go to a contender, so we can't accept any offers from the Raiders or the Broncos or the, the Cardinals. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Go, trade them wherever you get the best offer. It doesn't matter what, like, their record is or anything like that. Trade them wherever you want. 
Uh, that's my honest opinion. Trade them wherever you want. Whatever gives you the best offer, trade them there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it comes from the Washington Redskins. I'm trying to think of other bad teams. It, I'm trying. It doesn't matter if it comes from the Tampa or or or, or I don't know uh, the Colts or the whatever. They're not bad, but you know what I mean. The Giants. Like it doesn't matter. Trade them to whoever gives you the best offer. All right, I'm done talking about this. What's next? <laughs> I'm getting too fired up. I'm getting all hot and bothered. You need that vacation quick. I do. Oh, boy. I, if it's nice and cool and breezy by the lake in Cooperstown, oh, boy. I'm going to get all I'm gonna get all nippy, I think. It's going to get. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You like that cool, breezy, nippy weather. <laughs> all right. What's next, Ev? Uh, Give me one more, and then we'll go to break. Uh, go to break. Well, Packers-Eagles tomorrow night, Thursday night football in Green Bay. Must win for the Philadelphia Eagles. If That's the, tough if the, for the Eagles. If the Eagles do not win this game, they, they fall to one and three. And with the Dolph and the and I'm sorry, the Cowboys having a winnable game on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints, that'll bring them up. That'll bring them down to three games back in the division. So now think of what this does for the Eagles. Let's say the Eagles win. It restores all faith in the Eagles. Right? In Green Bay. Lions was a fluke. Falcons was a fluke. Winning at Lambeau against the Packers, that is impressive. All faith is restored in the Eagles. If they lose, now we're questioning whether or not they make the playoffs. One and three. I'd I'd love to see those numbers. If you could try to find those, Evan, over the course of the show, how many, like... What percentage of teams that start out one and three make the playoffs? I would guarantee you that it is not a healthy number. I would. I'm going to take a guess. Twenty-three percent of those teams make the playoffs. Exactly. I'd love to see those numbers. If you can't find them, you can't find them. But yeah, <clears throat> it's going to take some pretty extensive research. Pretty extensive research. Okay, it's gonna take some very I'd love to find that. I will do my best to find if it. If anybody right. can find it, that'd be that'd be nice. I mean, but I'm sure the If you can find that number, call us up and I mean, uh, join I mean, the conversation. It's it's, it's listen, when you start off 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 1 and 2, 1 and 3, it's always a it's always a tough percentage to make the playoffs. I mean, it's an uphill that. climb and the Eagles schedule I don't think is easy. It's not. Well, they get the Jets next week at home, the following week at home. That's a Jet team that will, that should be healthy and should and of course, in my opinion, should get safe. If they get Darnold back, that's not an easy win for the Eagles either. Not, not only that, but maybe Jake and CJ Mosley, Quinn Williams, finally getting a healthy Jets team back. They go to Minnesota. They go to Dallas. They, go oh. to, they got they got a three game road trip. You realize the that they could go like in the first nine weeks, they can go three and six. They go. They have three straight road games. Four of the next five. With the Vikings, Cowboys, Buffalo Bills on the road, and then that's get, really tough. And then they go back. Those go, are three really good defenses. They go back on home. the road. They go back home to play the Bears, Patriots, and, and and Seahawks. So I mean, you get you get they got six in after they play the Jets. They get six incredibly tough games come uh, right after that until they God. play the Dolphins on the road. The Eagles. Uh, th- this is a big game for the Eagles. Huge game for the Eagles. They gotta get this one. They got it. They got it. And I don't think they will. Uh, spoiler alert. I think I'm picking the Packers for Thursday night. That's tough. All right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Massa here on a Wii Sports Wednesday.
I could actually see just thinking about the Jet, the Jalen Ramsey thing. I'm mm-hmm. waiting. I'm waiting for some. And I agree, the best the best offer on the table. But I am waiting for a team like that's two and one, whatever, three and zero, oh, to just maybe overpay. At this maybe, point, maybe the they Eagles. Overpay. At this like point, Philly. the Eagles should be. We we will give you we'll give you a pick and a player. Like that's what they should. The do. Eagles should have made this deal like yesterday. Like or we'll after give you, Sunday. Like we'll give you a first round pick in Sidney Jones for Jalen Ramsey. Like I, I'm serious. They should really entertain going all in and getting Jalen Ramsey and trying to fix that secondary. You need to. Who cares if you got to pay him? At this sense of urgency, you kind of have to, right? You have to. Even though Jalen Ramsey doesn't check all the boxes that I like, right? Character. Uh, he doesn't check the cal- uh, character box, and I don't like that you got to pay him. He's a talented player. He's a talented player, and he's really young. I, he's only 24 years old. He's turning 25 in a few days or in a month or so. I mean, I don't know. All right. Good stuff today. We go to hour number three when we come back. I don't think that Mitch Trubisky needs to get carried by the Bears' defense for much longer. But I'll tell you what I mean by that. Next, it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The the, the Haystack Haystack Show. Show with Mike Guido. It's hour three, and it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on a Wednesday. Plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, we've had a jam-packed show. Uh, winners and losers of week three. My four sure four. I'm six and two on gambling picks. Six and two. I'm rolling. I'm rolling right now rolling through the first two weeks. Are you rolling in money? Yes, I'm rolling in dough. Uh, all right. We're going to make picks later in the hour. I do want to start with this. We always look for longevity in sports. In baseball, you want a decade's worth of great baseball from your prospects. In basketball, your first-round pick needs to give you like seven, eight years of really productive play. In football, your quarterback is supposed to sustain your franchise for the next decade or so. Patrick Mahomes is going to is going to be a star in this league for 20 years. He's going to last. This, uh, Deshaun Watson will be good for a long time if he stays healthy. You know, it's same with Wentz and Goff and Dak and, and a bunch of these other guys. Mitch Trubisky is such an interesting case because we don't know how long he's going to give us. We don't know how long he's going to last. I read an article yesterday from a writer named Brad Gagnon of Bleacher Report. He wrote an article headlined, How Long Can the Bears' Defense Carry Mitchell Trubisky? And it it went on to talk about how, how Mitch isn't a great passer and how Matt Nagy doesn't trust him and And all of that stuff. All the usual stuff that we hear about Trubisky. What if I told you that you didn't need to get longevity out of Mitch Trubisky? 
You didn't need to have him for a decade. And I know it sounds weird because it goes against every ideology we've ever heard about a quarterback, about a franchise quarterback, is they got to give you 10, 15 years or else they're not a franchise guy. I think now we're in the stage in the NFL where I can disagree with that. I can disagree. The way I see it, there are seven quarterbacks that could go in the first round of this year's draft. I made this list with our good friend Joe Spano uh, of SB Nation Radio. We were talking about this not too long ago. Um, There are seven quarterbacks in this year's draft that could go in the first round. Now, obviously, they won't all go in the first round, but these are all first-round talent quarterbacks. Tua, Herbert, Fromm, uh, Joe Burrow, Jacob Eason, Jordan Love, and Jalen Hurts. All can go in the first round of this year's draft. And then there are two more, definitely, and there's probably going to be more, there's two more, definitely, they're going to be coming out in the first round next year, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So, I've said before that the amount of young and talented quarterbacks that are coming into the NFL is absurd. It's absurd. There isn't enough room for these guys. Everybody's got a quarterback. Okay, the, the way I see it, it, the older quarterbacks in this league are going to die out quicker. The, instead of moving off your quarterback when he's 37, 38, you move off him when he's 33. And, and it's after his second contract, after you paid, uh, paid him once. The trend is going up for skilled young quarterbacks. It's getting bigger. There's more of them. They're bigger, better, faster, stronger. They're more skilled. They're coming into the league faster. There's more young quarterbacks today than there were yesterday. So think about it. It doesn't matter to me how long the Bears' defense has to carry Mitch. I think Mitch is going to be fine. I'll tell you this. In my opinion, I think Mitch is going to be fine. But if the Bears do decide to move off him, they'll be okay. They'll be all right. The talent will be there. Instead of having uncertainty like Tampa or like Tennessee, you know, what Tampa has with Jameis Winston, what Tennessee has with Marcus Mariota, instead of having that uncertainty at the quarterback position for that long, you have a much shorter leash. Mitch doesn't need to last you 10 years. He can give you five to six good years, and then you can move off him and not think twice. You know, this, this mass influx of incredible quarterback talent will keep you safe. You know, it gives you more flexibility with what you do with your quarterback. Now, look, listen, I'm not telling you that if you draft the next Tom Brady, you draft the next Russell Wilson, or you draft the next Patrick Mahomes, I'm not saying move off him in five years. What I'm saying is, is that if you feel that you're not getting the production that you feel you need from your quarterback. Like, let's take the Bears, for example, because this is what I mean. If the Bears say, you know, we like Mitch, we like him, but we think we'd be better off if we paid most of our defensive guys, and that's the way that we, wor- that we worked. And the Bears, they want to make sure that they can maintain, they can keep Roquan Smith, they can keep Kyle Fuller, they can keep Eddie Jackson, they want to uh, re-up with Khalil Mack. They want to bring back Akeem Hicks. All of these big defensive guys that give their defense this big, awesome identity. They want to bring all those guys back. 
and they're deciding against paying Mitch. If they really did decide to do that, I don't think it's crazy. You can afford, and like I said, I think Mitch is going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be the guy that you want to move off of, but say he doesn't get any better. Let's say this is all Mitch gives you. You can live with Mitch for five or six years. And you can draft another kid, not feel guilty about not paying your quarterback, and he can be as good as Mitch at the very least. And then maybe even better. You're not risking the fact of, the fact of not getting another talented quarterback. Because the influx of talent of quarterbacks is getting higher. Okay, the, I named you seven quarterbacks this year that could be first-round picks. And that's not just the first round. Like Seven quarterbacks that have first-round talent. Then there's more guys. There's the Nate Stanleys of the world. There's the Brian LaWorks of uh, Michigan State. There's Sam Ellinger of, of, of Texas. Jordan Love. Jo- uh, well, Jordan Love's one of the, oh, one of the seven I said. Okay. But you have those seven first-round guys. And then you've got more guys, those diamond in the roughs, right? Th- th- you could always find a Gardner Minshew. You could always find... You know, it, it, I, it's going to sound weird, but six-round pick. You could always find that Tom Brady. Maybe it might not be Tom Brady, but that sixth-round gem, you could always find him. These are just the first-round guys, seven of them. And then two of them are going to be first-round picks next year without question, and it could be more. So right now we know of seven uh, of nine first-round talent quarterbacks going into the next two years. Tua, Herbert, from Jordan Love, uh, Joe Burrow, Jacob Eason, and Jalen Hurts this year. Then Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields next year. And it's going to keep going like that year after year after year after year. Mitch Trubisky, if you really don't feel comfortable with moving, uh, moving with Mitch Trubisky, moving forward with him, and you feel like you're better off by not paying him, the talent will be there. This influx of talent is giving you flexibility at quarterback. It's giving you flexibility. Okay, I, I don't need my franchise quarterback to last 10 years. My franchise quarterback could be a five, six-year fix, and I can move off him and not miss a beat. And I'm okay with that. I think because there's so much talent, franchise quarterbacks don't need to give you as much longevity Okay, your franchise quarterback doesn't have to last you 15 years. He can last you seven. He can last you five. And you can move on. I think it's, uh, listen, it goes against what the traditional thinking of a quarterback is. You got to get 10, 15 years out of him. He's got to win Super Bowls. He's got to win MVPs. He's got to make everybody better. All the, it goes against all of that. I think at least 10. But I think, I think that you can live with it. I think you could live with having a five-year fix and then if you're not getting enough offense and you feel like you want to move off him, your identity changes. You have the ability to do that. I think at least 10 years because, again, if you go 15, then that means you have a Brady, you have a Ben, you have a... Breeze. Uh, you have a Brady, you have a Rodgers. Yeah, you have a Rodgers. Like, you have a guy, you can go 15, 16 years, whatever. If most of the time you want 10 to 11 or 12, you want kind of that range. Uh, it, it, it all depends on how to – again, you don't want to kind of jump in that quarterback carousel. 
you know that that can that can happen if you go if you go if you move on from a quarterback after five years and then you get to the next guy. Yeah, he might bust and you got to go to the next guy. Yeah, this is a whole crop of talent. The NFL is a whole different monster. You know, at the same time, could teams maybe do that? Maybe, maybe, but it's just not a traditional way. Like you said, it's not a traditional way of thinking that teams could <clears throat> that teams are going to do. I don't think it's. I, I listen. I you, don't think I, it's crazy. We're still in that realm of if someone like Mitch Trubisky in three years is a, is not developing and they say he's a bust, then the Bears go. We'll move on. We'll move on, we'll move on without him. You know. We're still in that kind of phase. You know, Mar- Mariota Winston, right? We're in that. We're still in that. You know that that side. Five right. years. What have we seen from Mariota Winston? Unfortunately, not really much. Mar- Mariota inconsistent. Mariota be inconsistency, accuracy. Winston turnovers. Tennessee, Tampa Bay are looking are looking for new quarterbacks after four or five years. We're still in that. We're still in that. And for them, they got a great group of guys coming up. They they do have a, they do have a nice talented crop of guys that they can maybe. You know, get their guess the next quarterback. So, I, I mean, it'll the NFL is ever evolu- is ever you know, evolving, look, evolving, looking at new things. <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe that's maybe it's a possibility. Teams say, okay, let's just get five or six good years out of a guy. Maybe we get a Super Bowl, and then we move on and go get another guy. But again, there's that whole quarterback carousel thing, and you don't know if this next guy could bust. The guy you let go, even though he was successful, moved, goes on to be successful other places. He maybe hits his prime. Guy comes in, he busts. You're looking for a new quarterback, All right? So on and so forth. You know, Mitch Trubisky is interesting because I think he could be the. <clears throat> I think he could be a franchise quarterback for the Bears for ten years. I do too. I think he could. Be I do too. Good. But if they, like I said, if they I mean, are, I, I if, see, I see if people, you're getting that five years, you're still winning football games. I mean, what I'm trying to say is you're not. You don't have to settle for average. You don't have to because of this influx of quarterbacks. You can take a chance on a young kid that could be better than him. You don't have to feel forced to pay your average guy. You know what I mean? You don't have to feel forced to pay your average guy if you're saying, "Well, if we pay our average guy, then we're going to lose this. You know, we're going to lose this stout defense. We're going to lose a receiver. It's not going to work out for us." You don't have to worry about that. Bring back all your guys. And take a chance on a young kid. Because these guys are getting better. They're smarter football players than they used to be. They're more talented than they used to be. I mean, God, a kid from Duke is killing it in the NFL. I mean, one game. One game. I, I get it. Whatever. All right. Uh, coming well, up next. Love, love Daniel Jones, but. Okay. Uh, coming up next. Uh, we're, since we're not here Thursday, Friday, we'll make our NFL weekly picks uh, right about now. So, uh, week four NFL picks coming up next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike and Evan uh, here on a Wii Sports Wednesday. It's good to have you in. Uh, look at this. He's on the money today. Uh, let's throw it over to the news. Always have to always listen. As soon as you say Wii Sports Wednesday, I must play that music. It's yeah. like, okay, it's, 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 in, it's in my my contract, okay? All right. So let's go to the news with our big J, interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza. So college football rankings came out a few days ago. Uh, I want to, to, to get our thoughts on it. 
Uh, the new top, little top 10, Notre Dame, Florida, Wisconsin, Auburn, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. So the top five remains the same. Top six remains the same. Notre Dame drops All right, so what's the 10. top five? So what's one through five? Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. They are five through one. Uh, Oklahoma remains at six. Auburn at seven. Wisconsin goes all the way up to eight after they went over Michigan. Notre I Dame. would take Wisconsin over Auburn. I would right take now? Wisconsin over Auburn, yes. I think Wisconsin is a legitimate team. That defense hasn't been that good in a while for Wisconsin. They have a legitimate quarterback in Jack Cohen. And Jonathan Taylor, I think, might be the best offensive player in the country. I mean, that kid at running back is... I think he's clearly the best running back in the country. But he might be the best offensive player in the country. He's the best running back that I've seen in college... Maybe since <sighs> Notre Dame, I might put. You know, this I've, is crazy for I've, me to say because I, I, I think that Jonathan Taylor is better than Ezekiel Elliott when he was in college. Uh, I think he's better than Leonard Fournette when he was in college. I'm gonna say he's probably the best running back that I've seen in college since. Maybe Trent Richardson. I, I mean, it, he was... This kid is incredibly good. I think Wisconsin's a real team. Here's here's what, how I'd rank teams. Alabama would be one instead of Clemson. Even though I, I think Clemson is probably better than Alabama, but Clemson hasn't played better than Alabama. So I'll go Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Number four, I agree, would probably be LSU. LSU. Five would be Ohio State. I don't think I disagree with the top five that no. much. I would switch Alabama and Clemson. Six. Oh, they have Oklahoma. Sw- six would probably be oh. Oklahoma, and then Wisconsin, then Seven. then Auburn. probably Auburn. They have Notre Dame. At so ten. nothing crazy different. I think they. I think they got it mostly right. They have Notre Dame at ten, Texas at eleven. I might switch that. I might put Texas over Notre Dame. Just me. Uh, Michigan I fell wouldn't. all the way to Notre 20. Dame is really good. I, Notre Dame plays a tough schedule, too, because they're not in a conference. So, Notre Dame, I think... Notre Dame would probably be... I'd think about putting Notre Dame over Auburn. I really would. I, I think Notre Dame is really good. Notre Dame is really good. Texas is good. I don't think they're great. I would. I think Texas is right where they are. Like 10-11... Mm-hmm. I would put them around there, yeah. So it's, okay, so after, it's Auburn, Wisconsin, then who's nine? Florida. Florida. I'm a little slower on Florida. Felipe Franks got hurt. Apparently their backup quarterback is pretty good. I don't know, I, I'm a little iffy on Florida. So would you take And I'm Florida a Florida out? fan, I love Florida. I'm a little iffy on them. Would you want to take Florida out of the top ten and put Notre Dame, Texas, 9-10? Probably. I probably would do that. I don't know, I, I, listen, I think... I said, and I got ripped for it when I said that Alabama and Clemson are the only two teams that still that have a shot at the national title. I'm not backing off of that. I think I, I do think that those are the two realistic teams that can that can win it. But uh, there's a lot of good college football teams this year. A lot of them. George is really good. Oklahoma is really good. Ohio State's back to being really good. 
Um, LSU finally has an offense. Joe Burrow is playing great. That's why I'm putting LSU. And right Wisconsin, there. I think, is for real too. They put Michigan all big drop all the way down to number twenty. Michigan went all the way down to twenty. I said, yeah. I, said I, I agree. I, I I'm finding it very hard for Michigan to be ranked. I I I really think about this for a second. What does Michigan do well? What does Michigan do well as a football team? They don't throw the ball very well. They don't run the ball very well. They don't block very well. Their defense is suspect. What? I get they're coached by Jim Harbaugh, but t- Michigan is not very good. They're not. They might have. They're to not hit. very good. They might have. They, they, they're a struggling team right now. They lost. They all. Oh, I mean, they're, they're talking about Jim Harbaugh possibly getting fired. They're a struggling program right now, and I get, they get Rutgers uh, this Saturday at, at home in Michigan. And then they go. Then they face Iowa. That's going to be tough at home. I think here's the thing with Michigan. I think it might be just time to hit the reset button. I just. I just think it's time. Maybe. To, might, might just hit the reset button. Harbaugh just to get a new fresh start head coach. Maybe for, obviously try just and just reset, hit the reset button on on finding a quarterback. Maybe she. Shea Here's Patterson, what I think that they could. Maybe he's not the guy there. I don't know. Here's what I think that they could do, and I think this is a good decision for them if they did do this. Okay. Michigan should fire Jim Harbaugh and hire a no name. Hire a guy that nobody really knows. Hire a guy from either inside the coaching staff already, or hire a guy that's coming from a smaller school or something. Hire a no name and see what happens. See what happens. Maybe you catch a gem. I wouldn't go out there and try to get Urban Meyer or anything like that. Like, no, go, I wouldn't touch go, Urban Meyer. I don't think Urban Meyer wants to go to Michigan. I would doubt it. I would doubt it. Urban Meyer, I think, is the favorite to be the next coach at USC. When Clay, it's kind of at this point when when Clay Helton gets fired, Urban Meyer's the favorite. Which I, I'll be honest with you, if Urban Meyer goes to USC, the USC program is saved. He will save the USC program. He'll save it. Without a doubt. All right. What's next? Uh, Brett Favre. He's in the, um, he commented on Eli Manning and what Eli Manning's thoughts could be going, uh, going through, what he feels his thoughts could be after watching Daniel Jones. He says, uh, he said in an interview in, uh, to SiriusXM Radio, you and I and anyone else can only speculate what Eli was thinking, but you have to think that deep down inside a part of him not wanted to see Daniel Jones fail but not play at the level he did. Not that Eli has to prove anything to anyone. The short term, it really makes you look bad. He continues, and all the things that have been leading to the team's losses falls back on you, and you know that's not the case. It's hard to say, heck, I guess it's me. I guess it's the reason we are losing three games because of me. You have to believe that at some point that crosses his mind. Right. I think Eli has been has seen the writing on the wall before the last game, far, far further before leaving the door open. For speculation, man, it could suit up elsewhere in the future. He says, if anything, it has solidified what we thought was coming anyway. The Eli era, at least with the Giants, is over. Yeah. He said what everybody else knows. He said what everybody else knows. Yeah, I don't think Eli wants Daniel Jones to fail. Absolutely not. I mean, no, again, why he would helped, he? He helped, out, he helped getting Daniel well, Jones. why would he? But like, I actually agree with... 15 years in the league, he won two Super Bowls. I but, agree with Favre's mention And the of, city loves him, and he's still getting paid massive amounts of money. He shouldn't want him to fail. No. Of course he doesn't. I don't think he does. He does. I, I do agree. The one thing I agree with Favre is this. Eli maybe watches and saying, Man, maybe it was me. Like, I get deep down, maybe Eli's just watching. Well, yeah, I would me. bet that Eli maybe watches this and says... Like, it's a bad... It was... It hurts, yeah. itself, it hurts his self-confidence. But I don't think Eli went in there thinking that he wasn't the problem. Like, I feel like Eli knows 
Like, all right, I have to be better in order for this offense to be better. And he wasn't doing that. Eli is at the end of his rope, and I think a part of Eli knows that. All right, that's uh, that's the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza here on a Wii Sports Wednesday. Good stuff. This is the last segment before I can go on vacation. Woo! Vacation. I'm psyched. Vacation. I'm psyched. All right. Um, here we go. So let's make picks for the week. Evan, Thursday night football. We got Packers and the Eagles this Thursday. Green Bay uh, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, against the struggling Eagles secondary. I believe the line is, what, seven for the Packers? Five and a half. The pa- and a half. I, I, see f- I see Packers minus five and a half. Five and a half. Interesting. I think. All right. So Packers, Packers, Eagles. Who do we have tonight? Who do we have Thursday night tomorrow? I like Green Bay. I like the Packers tonight. Uh, look, I th- I, I'm sorry. Not tonight. Tomorrow night. tomorrow night. But I like the Packers because I think that the Packers defense is very good. Carson Wentz has digressed in play virtually every game. Uh, he threw two picks against Atlanta. Only completed 53% of his passes against Detroit. I mean, he's kind of off to a rocky start. The Eagles are off to a rocky start. And I think them having bad momentum going into this week on a short week, going into Lambeau and beating Green Bay is really tough. I like the Packers. Uh, I will take the Packers 26-21 to 21 over the Eagles. Yeah, I want. I really want to pick the Eagles because I just I'm not really confident in the Packers' offense right now. But I ain't also confident in the Eagles' defense either. I think I think Carson wins. Thursday night football is so tricky. Like stats kind of throw out the window when it comes to Thursday night. When it comes to Thursday night football, I am gonna take the Packers at home. Close. I'll say 23-20 in this game. Packers win on the road at home. I think they do just enough on offense against a Eagles secondary that's banged up. Who does Monica have? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I have her picks right here. Uh, she has the uh, Green Bay Packers. All right, okay. so she's got the Packers. She's All right, Packers so before too. you throw it over to me, tell me who Monica has too. Sure. All right, so next game is what? Next game we have the Carolina Panthers at the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans at uh, four-and-a-half point favorites in this game. Who does oh. Monica have? Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought you said I just that. told you, damn it. No, I thought you said... That's why you're my arch nemesis. I thought you said throw to you first. Okay. Uh, she has the... Uh, who we have here? Carolina Panthers at the Houston Texans. She has the Houston Texans. She has Houston. the Houston Texans. She's also picking the Green Bay Packers. Houston Texans. All right. Uh, I like Houston in this game, too. I think Houston at home is a big thing. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask of Kyle Allen to have another performance like that. Uh, I think he's a slinger, though. I think it's going to be a shootout. This will not be a defensive game. Both of these teams kind of struggle in the secondary. I think DeAndre Hopkins the best run, uh, wide receiver in football. So I'm going to take the Texans in a shootout against Carolina. I'm going to take them 33-31 to 31 over Carolina. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans, too, here at home. I think I think it's just – I know Kyle, Kyle Allen's second road game, tough Texans defense at home, giving the Texans in this game. I'm actually going to say 20, around 27-17 in this one. I think Houston's going to relatively have a pretty good game here in this one. Okay, M&T Bank Stadium, Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens are a six-and-a-half or seven-point favorites entering this game. Yeah, I see seven. You see seven? Yeah, I see seven, too. Seven-point favorites here in Baltimore. Browns at Ravens. 
I like Baltimore, and I actually like Baltimore big. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think the Ravens are going to blow them These out. These teams are always close, big Browns-Ravens. I'm telling you right now, this is different. Lamar Jackson's playing a different level of football. And Cleveland, I'm not in on right now. Cleveland, I think, is going through some adversity. They're not all the way there yet. They're having coaching woes. Baker Mayfield's going through his thing. And I think Baltimore is really rolling right now. They got confidence. Lamar Jackson's playing well. They have a great pass rush against a weak Cleveland offensive line. I like Baltimore. Are you ready for this, Evan? 30-17 to 17 over the Browns. Yeah, these games are always tough. It's AFC North. They're always up. It's, it's a street fight every time these teams meet. Browns, Ravens, Ravens, Steelers. It's AFC North. It's going to be close. Something's got to give. you got a struggling Ravens defense. I want a struggling nothing to do with the Ravens right now. Nothing. I think they're... I think they're very underrated. I, I I think they're very underrated. The Ravens are very good. I'm looking at the Browns' offensive line against the Ravens. The Browns' struggling offensive line, but the Ravens have a struggling secondary. I think the X factor in this game could very well be Odo Beckham Jr. This guy, I think, could have a massive game here. I'm going to pick Baltimore 24-23. Close. I think they're going to run the football effectively against the Browns defense. I know they did well against the run against the Rams, but this time I think the Ravens, the Ravens have historically run the football well against Cleveland, did last time they met. I think the Ravens defense and the pass rush against a weak offensive line will do just enough to get after Baker Mayfield, maybe force a couple of turnovers. Baker had three interceptions last time, but also 376 Mm -hmm. and three touchdowns. I think the Ravens' running attack will make a difference. And also, Earl Thomas said today, I first got here, these guys are kind of ticked off at this Cleveland Browns hype, and as the Ravens being defending AFC North champions, I wouldn't be shocked see if Cleveland wins, but I'm going to say 24-23 Ravens. Who does Monica have? Monica has the Baltimore Ravens in this game. She has the Ravens. Yes. Uh, Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. Daniel Jones' home debut. Giants are three-point favorites entering this one. I like the Giants. I actually like the Giants in this one. I think the Redskins are really struggling. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Dwayne Haskins is going to see time in this game. Uh, Case Keenum is not playing poorly. I think he had a rough night uh, the other night against the Bears defense. They really got after him. It was a really ugly performance. Uh, But I think Washington is really struggling right now. Daniel Jones is going to have a little bit more of a test, though, because the Washington defense I don't think is that bad. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants in a close one at home. I'm going to say 24-20 over Washington. The Washington's defense has has like on paper it's not bad, but it's underperformed. They just got they just got blasted by Mitch Trubisky. I'm gonna say the New York Giants here, but I'm really conflicted because again, now it's a home it's his home debut home debut. T, uh, Washington's the division opponent. A whole week, no Saquon Barkley. I'm a little scared taking the Giants here because I don't think we're gonna see the same Daniel Jones we saw on last Sunday. But I'm gonna say the Giants, 17. To ten in this one, I just I just think the Giants are going to win this football game because I just think I just think they'll get just enough out of Daniel Jones in this one against the Redskins defense that's underperforming. So and Monica the, and again, has the Monica uh, has the New York Giants in this right. one. I might as well do Monica first. I'm going to keep losing. Yeah, do Monica. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like while you're announcing the game, tell yeah. us who. Tell me who Monica yeah, no, has. I, I, I'm telling you, this is just bad. because you're going to keep forgetting stuff like this. I'm terrible at. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But yeah, Monica has the New York Giants in this one. Chargers at the Dolphins. The Chargers are 15.5-point favorites in this one going into Miami. Monica? Monica has the Los Angeles Chargers. All right. Uh, yeah, I like the Chargers here, too. I see I see minus 16. Uh, the Chargers are going to roll them. I, I really do. I, it's, I don't care if it's in Miami. 
The Chargers are going to roll them. It, it's going to be bad. Miami's not a good football team. The Chargers, I think, are they eventually have to start getting it going. Uh, I like the Chargers here. I'm going to say Chargers win 42 to 13 over the Dolphins. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I liked what I saw from Miami in the first half against the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Chargers, but boy, would it be so Chargers if they lost to the Dolphins? Would it be so Chargers? It would be if they very lost? Chargers. Very, char- very I think, Chargers. I don't think they will. I, I don't got- think it's out of the realm of possibility. I really don't. I don't think they I'd will. I'd give it like a 5% chance. Yeah, I'll say 31-13 Chargers win. They take care of business. Monica has the Chargers in this one. Raiders at the Colts. Monica has the, uh, where is it? She has the Indianapolis Colts in this game. Colts, seven-point favorites in this one at home in Indy. Yeah, I like Indy. I like Indianapolis. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is playing really good football right now. Um, and I think that they're going to be good enough to stop them uh, on defense. I do. I think it'll be a a relatively average scoring game. I think it's going to be a pretty basic game. Uh, I'm going to say 27-23 Indianapolis over uh, over the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I'll say Colts too in this one. I like I, I'll go with the Colts here. I just think they'll get a little too much at home for them at, from the offensive side of the football against the Raiders defense. I'll say I do think Oakland might score some points here. I'll say 27-21 Indianapolis Colts gets the win here. Chiefs at the Lions. I again, it's Chiefs six and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, I can say very surprising Detroit Lions team. So Chiefs at the Lions in Detroit. Chiefs are going to roll them. I, like I said, I think the Chiefs are big, big time favorites here. I think it's going to be a big Chiefs win. Uh, I, look, I think that offense for Kansas City is way too good. I think Detroit has overachieved. Uh, they've. It's been impressive beating the Eagles at home. I think is a big thing. But I think Detroit has overachieved, so I am going to take the Chiefs here. I'm going to take the Chiefs 35. I'm going to take them 35 to 19. I'm going to take Kansas City, too, in a high-scoring game. I, I think the Lions offense is playing pretty well. Weak Chiefs defense. They're at home. I'll say 34-27 high-scoring game. Chiefs win in that in this one. Again, I, I think Vegas is giving the Lions the benefit of the doubt here. I, I really do. I, there's, they, there's something they see in, Ve- in the Lions that are only giving them a six. Yeah. They're only giving the Chiefs six. I think the Chiefs. Something they see here in Detroit. Yeah. But I also think they can't see in this one. I do. I think the Chiefs roll them. All right. What's next? Uh, Monica has KC in this game, too. She has the Chiefs in this one before I forget. Okay. Uh, Patriots at the Bills. Bills at home. Patriots, seven point favorites in this one. Mm. I know it's tough. I'm going to take Buffalo. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility for Buffalo to win this game outright. This will be a down-to-the-wire. I I think this is the game that you're going to go to about game-winning field goals. Uh, Let's say this. Buffalo will win this game. It's going to be a defensive game. Not a lot of points scored. Game-winning field goal. I will take the Bills... 20 to 17 over the Patriots at home. Monica has the Patriots in this game. Patriots until further notice. That's how I just that's how I always have to go with here. I know it's in Buffalo. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be crazy. The good Bills are 3 and 0. Everyone's got momentum, but the Bills have beaten the Bengals, the Giants and, and a Jets team in week 1 with a new head coach. 
I'm going to go with the Patriots here because, again, Patriots still further notice. I think Brady will move the ball against his Bills defense. They always find a way. Yeah. Bill Belichick always finds a way when it comes to games like this. I think he's going to take away Singletary and Frank Gore and force Josh Allen, the, the young second-year quarterback, to beat them. And I think the Patriots will take this game 27-17 on the road. I think it's going to be a good football game, but give me the Patriots here. Titans at the Falcons. Falcons by four in this one at Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I think the Falcons get an offense going. Uh, like, listen, Tennessee's defense is very good, but I like Atlanta. I think they got to get their offense rolling in some sort of direction. Uh, I actually think this could be a breakout game for Devontae Freeman at running back. Uh, and I do believe. I, I, look, I, I don't think that the. I don't think that the offense, uh, that the defense for Atlanta is going to crumble. But Marcus Mariota, I don't really see as a threat. So I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm going to take Atlanta 27-17 at home against against Tennessee. Yeah, give me the Falcons at home. I just think, again, better football team. They're looking for a win. Give me the Falcons here. 24-13, I'll say the Falcons win this one. Tennessee's got a good defense. They'll keep them in this game. They'll keep, but Atlanta, I think, will pull away in the end. Atlanta's, Atlanta's got a t- a too much of a talented offense, even though sometimes they don't show it. I'll say Atlanta at home, 24-13. They pull away in the end. Four o'clock window. Four o'clock window. Uh, Bucks at the Rams. Rams are in 10-point favorites in this one at home. Uh, I like the Rams to win this game at home, but I do think it's going to be close. Like I said, I think the Buccaneers will cover the spread here. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread. I think that's a lot. I think that is a lot of points to give. So I'm going to take the Rams. I I, I think offensively they're going to dominate. Um... I do think that Jared Goff is going to face some pressure, but I do believe actually that Tampa Bay is going to be able to keep pace. They have a good offense with Bruce Arians. If Jameis Winston can make proper decisions, they do have a good offense. So I'm going to say the L.A. Rams win this one. Uh, I'm going to say high flyer. Give me the L.A. Rams 30-23 to over the Bucs. I actually see the Rams having a blowout in this one. This is actually the blowout that I think I think is going to happen here. I'll see the Rams 34-20 to here. I think the Rams, this is the week their offense turns it on. Not a good Bucs defense. They're going on the road. I think this is the week everything comes together for the Rams offense, and they look, and they look like the Rams offense that we know. Goff goes off. Gurley goes off. Cooper Cobb. I think they're going to take the full advantage of this Bucs defense. Give me the Rams big in this one. <clears throat> Seahawks at the Cardinals. Seahawks by five on the road. Uh, yeah, I like. It's a tough one. Oh, it's a, a tough one. That is a tough one. Because I do believe that Arizona could win this game. Oh boy, that's a tough one. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna take Seattle because I I. I I think in order for Kyler Murray to get his first win, he's got to get it off somebody that's not Russell Wilson. Like, <laughs> I think going in, I think even though it's at home, you're getting your first win off of Russell Wilson. The Car- the Cardinal defense is really not that good. It's Chandler Jones and a bunch of guys, honestly. Uh, so I do think Russell Wilson coming off a really good week against the Saints is going to keep the momentum going. I do like Seattle in this game. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to say 23, 23 to 20. I will take the Seahawks over the Cardinals. I'm going to pick Seattle here, 26-22. I'll pick Seattle. By the way, who did Monica have Bucks rams I did it again, didn't I? Yeah. Gosh dang it. 
And who did she have? Titans, Falcons. Titans. She did have Titans. Titans, Falcons. What was the other one I missed? Bucks, Rams. I'm a, God, I'm a dope. Bucks, Rams. She has uh, the Rams in this one. She has the Rams in that one. Seahawks, Cardinals. She has Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle here. I'm going to take Seattle too. 26 20. Vikings at the Bears. Big one in the NF- for the NFC North. In Chicago, Bears two and a half points favorites. Monica has the Chicago Bears in this one. Both of these teams are 2-1. and one. I think the Bears being at home is the killer, though. Uh, I do like Chicago in this game. Uh, Minnesota's a really good football team, but I think Trubisky is kind of starting to figure it out. I think Matt Nagy is starting to get into the flow of the offense, and that defense is scary. I'm scared for that uh, Vikings offensive line against Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, Aaron Lynch, those big boys that are going to get after the passer. I'm going to take the Bears... Uh, give me the Bears 24-23 to 23 over the Vikings. Yeah, I think this is going to be a low-scoring defensive battle. Give me the Bears 16-13. They get a big tur- couple big turnovers on Kirk Cousins. Hey, if Kirk Cousins wins this game, great. That would be such a great confidence booster for him, for the Vikings, if they can go to Chicago and win this one. But give me the Bears in this defense. I think they do just enough on offense. They win 16-13. Bears defense has a big day. Jaguars at the Broncos. Broncos by three point, uh, three-point favorites in this one at Denver. Denver looking for their first win. I think Denver does get their first win at home here. I don't think that Jacksonville is good enough offensively. Uh, they are coming in well-rested after playing Thursday night. But Denver, I do think, gets a win here. Uh, they're good defensively. Uh, I think Joe Flacco is going to end up trying, uh, is going to figure it out. I think it's a, it's it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if neither one of these teams got over double digits. Uh, this is going to be a very low-scoring game for two struggling offenses that are defensive-minded teams. But I do think the Broncos have really good home field advantage. I'm going to take Denver. I'm going to take Denver 10-7. to Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos, too. What really worries me is that Broncos offensive line against the Jaguars defensive, against the Jaguars defensive line. That worries me because that Broncos offensive line is bad. Flacco took a beating again. Green Bay took a beating in Chicago. The Broncos' offense is weird. They can move the football, but then something happens. Uh, the, uh, Noah Fine, I think, caught a ball on third down. They got the ball ripped out of him. Offensive line troubles. I'm going to take the Broncos here. It looks like there will be no Jalen Ramsey. I'll say Denver 20-17. to 17. I think, and we mentioned this Broncos' pass rush. Like, Monica it's has. She has Denver. Okay. She. Uh, we mentioned the Broncos' defense. It's decent. But it's also got no sacks and no turnovers. Which is amazing. Where's How's Von that How is Von, that possible? Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, where you at? I think the Broncos maybe do just enough on offense with running the football and setting up play and running the football. Uh, just enough on offense. I think Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, one of them will get a sack. Maybe maybe one each. But I'll say the Broncos in a, in a close one, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Cowboys at the Saints in the Superdome. The Sunday night football. Sunday night football. Cowboys two and a half point favorites. Uh, Monica has the Dallas Cowboys in this one. Uh, what a shock. Um, God. I'm going to take Dallas on the road. And here's my thing. I think Dallas is more stable. I think they're a little bit more consistent right now. I think I trust Dak a little more than I trust Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, if this was Drew Brees playing in this game, I would have taken New Orleans. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game, well fought. I think New Orleans is still a good football team. Close game, down to the wire, back and forth. I'm going to take Dallas 31-28 to 28 over the New Orleans Saints. I want... I know Bridgewater, it's in the Superdome. 
Bridgewater had a nice game, but I think Bridgewater kind of go comes back down to earth a little bit here. Give me the Cowboys. You're gonna think I'm crazy. Twenty-eight to thirteen. I think Ra Dallas. Really, really, you think they? You think they run them? I think they're gonna. I, the Saints defense. Has Cowboys actually, beat Cowboys beat the Saints last year. They beat them last year in in Dallas with Drew Brees. So it wasn't Dallas. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, Dallas. it wasn't Dallas. They held them like crazy. Yeah. So. They're coming on the road. I know it's a Superdome. I know it's going to be loud. Kamara could cause some matchup problems, but I think the Cowboys' defense is going to get Bridgewater. They're going to play really well. I think they'll key on Alvin Kamara. I think Dak and Zeke and those guys will have a big game against a Saints defense that on paper looks good, but right now they're struggling. I think that Dallas is, I think Dallas is going to go into New Orleans right now, and they're going to beat them 20-13. to 13. I, think this, I think Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints' offense comes back down to earth a bit against a pretty solid defense. If Drew Brees is playing, I might have picked the Saints. But I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Do you want to pick the Monday night game? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's no, go. So I, sometimes I know we wait till Monday night. Bengals at the Steelers. Steelers by four in Pittsburgh. Monica has the upset. She has the Bengals on the road. Uh, I, I got to go Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers. Um, I think Mason Rudolph is good enough. This Bengal defense is not very good. Uh, and I do think that Andy Dalton is on his last legs. I don't think he makes it past the end of the year for being their starting quarterback. Uh, so I am going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home. Give me uh, give me the Steelers 23-16 to over the Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals here. I'm actually with Monica. Steelers secondary, not strong. I actually like what I'm seeing that's from, that Zach Taylor is doing with this Bengals offense with Andy Dalton. I'm going to take the Bengals here. Their defense ain't great, but neither is the Steelers. I'll say the Bengals 17-13. They pull it off. I know they don't really do that, beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I know that's that's me throwing up a, 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 a shot from midcourt. But I'm going to say Cincinnati does it here. They take the they beat the Steelers 17-13 in Pittsburgh. I think they do just enough on offense. I'm going to take the Bengals here. Uh, yeah, Jets and 49ers on a bye on a this bye week. Bye. So you guys, if you didn't hear your team's name, it's because your team ain't playing. First bye weeks of the week. First bye weeks. Jets and Niners on byes this week. Jets desperately um, needed. Jets de two teams. One team One team that's 3-0. They could kind of sit back and, you know, come sit back where they're at. Jets are 0-3. They have to just go just clear their heads and just see where they're at and get ready for two weeks from now against the Eagles. Right, right. All right, so those are our picks for week four. We'll track them. And we'll go over them on Monday. And just but to, that does it for us just, because... Just to go over Monica's picks, just in case if I missed them. Just in case if I missed them. Titans, Patriots, Chiefs, Colts, Chargers, Giants, Ravens, Texans, Rams, Seahawks, Bears, Broncos, Cowboys, Bengals, Packers. That's Monica's picks. And so, then in the bye week game, she picks the Niners over the Jets. And, she'd be, and she probably would be right. And she probably would be right. Yeah, All right. Because I'm picking the I would pick the Niners too in that game. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for us. Uh, we're off tomorrow. We're off on Friday. Uh, so we will be back on Monday. Evan Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a great weekend. I'm going on vacation. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.